Members of Congress expressed optimism Sunday about the prospects for reaching a deal to avoid the fiscal cliff. A fragile ceasefire between Israel and Hamas is entering its third full day, and both Israelis and Palestinians... Bottom line, Senator, if uh, the president nominates Ambassador Rice to be the next Secretary of State or some other... Supplementary question. Do you personally believe that gay people are born gay? Impact segment tonight, the Talking Points memo... Hot damn politics. 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 I'm back now with the Brain Trust panel. Brain Trust. Brain Trust. Brain Trust. Brain Trust panel. These niggas won't hold me back. 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 The brain trust panel. Brain trust. Brain trust. Brain trust. Brain trust. Hot diggity damn politics. I put that shit on everything. People moving in, people moving in, because of the color of the skin. Run, 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 but you so can't hide. And I bought out a tooth for a tooth, both for me, and I'll set you free. Rap on, brother, rap on. Well, the only person talking about love down brother is the preacher.
Carbon could cost us the planet. Just look out the window. The debate is settled. 97%. 97%. 97% of scientists agree. Climate deniers, people who believe climate change is not happening in any meaningful way, are sometimes painted in the media as fringe characters, as kooks. So this might shock you. A man who co-founded the Weather Channel thinks climate change is a hoax. His name is John Coleman. Before launching the Weather Channel in the early 1980s, he was the original weatherman on Good Morning America. And after launching the channel, he was also a local weatherman in New York. Now he's retired, but his recent open letter saying that climate change is, quote, not valid, got a lot of attention and landed him in prime time on Fox News. Let me bring in John Coleman. He's in San Diego this morning. Thank you for being here. It's nice to be on CNN. Hello to all your viewers. I resent you calling me a denier. That is a, a word meant to down. I'm a skeptic about climate change. What's your thought on jailing skeptics as war criminals? Uh... Well, we'll see what happens. Some of the millions of people around the world who do not believe man is responsible for global warming could soon be facing more than just mockery from the left. President Obama's top lawyer admits the government is considering much more forceful action. And I want to make it darn clear, Mr. Kenny is not a scientist. I am. He's the CEO of the Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot I'm of cable news. Now. Hold on just well, a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that is that it is a consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science is a boat. Science is about facts. And if you get down to the hard, cold facts, uh, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney. And yes, it, is, it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform. And I regret it's become political instead of scientific. But the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder, oh, I know though, we're is when not, you because see you the... wouldn't allow it. I'm happy well, that we, I got on the air and got a chance to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I is do... no global warming. If, if water on planet is going to rise up on the planet, in the prospectus, when you invest, there should be, in the footnotes, if global warming is for real, they won't put it that way, global warming happens and water rises 10 feet. Now, has alluded to it. It was really true. The banks wouldn't invest. The banks wouldn't finance. Not one motherfucking condominium. So the people that have the money, and I'm, I'm jealous of the Vice President Gore, which Sally and I rode on a plane from South America with 
Peter. I am jealous he came up with a scam before I did. Would you live in a greener lifestyle if you could make money from it? Hmm, that may be possible if a government proposal for personal carbon emissions allowances is implemented under the scheme. Everyone in the UK would be allocated an annual carbon allowance. Stored electronically rather like a supermarket. Every time we buy or use non-renewable energy, for example, using electricity to power appliances in the home. Or travelling somewhere by plane. Or even buying petrol for your car on the forecourt. Now, any points left over could then be sold back to a central bank, you still with us, and people who need more, like motorists who had used their allocations, could then pay for a top-up. Carbon rationing, carbon trading, carbon taxes, cap and trade. Just as the technocrats of old envisioned a new economic order based on energy and governed by the dictates of scientists and engineers, so too does this modern form of technocracy envision an economic order in which energy is budgeted, priced, and traded by intergovernmental panels of scientists and the political caste that grows up around these institutions. The Environmental Protection Agency is not friv a frivolous agency. It is created to Yes, to regulate um, uh, carbon dioxide emissions. And uh, I have been to the West Virginia Coal Association, which for the most part doesn't believe in climate science. They don't believe there's a climate problem. And I have been saying to them for a number of years that that's wrong in my judgment. There is a, the science is true, the science is unequivocally true and that that there is a price to carbon in their future I said this a couple of months ago uh, there's a price to carbon in their future but I believe that the cap-and-trade approach is the, the essential first step partly because it is the only basis upon which we can envision a truly global agreement because it's very difficult to imagine a harmonized global tax. A carbon tax or any other way of putting a carbon price um, is actually, from an economic point of view, the most effective and efficient way. Okay? You can regulate and you can do you know, all kinds of things, but the, nothing is as strong a market signal to the private sector as a carbon price, whether that be a carbon tax or whether it be a cap and trade, which is what California is doing, or any of the other measures that ultimately give you a carbon price. But that is the most powerful signal. So if that's possible, I'm with you. These measures sold to the public as a way of penalizing oil interests world resources and plundering the earth in the pursuit of profit. What they do not understand, because it has been deliberately obscured, is that it is these very interests that have been instrumental in creating these schemes in the first place. It's my understanding that back in 1997, when you were Vice President, Enron's CEO was involved in discussions with you at the White House about helping develop this type of policy, this trading scheme. In is it in our, it's been reported. I, I, but I, with uh, uh, Ken Lay, as lots of people did before anybody knew, knew uh, 
that he was a right. and, and clearly, it, you can see why so many of us are concerned about this type of cap-and-trade energy uh, tax that would be literally turning over country's I energy economy. I didn't know him economy. well enough to call him Boy. Well, you, but you knew him well enough to help devise this trading scheme. Because the financial institutions, the banks of this world know it's not going to happen. Otherwise, you couldn't get a goddamn loan in London. You know those 30, 40-year mortgages? The world will be over by then. Is Barclays Bank going to give you a motherfucking loan? With the greatest respect, ma'am, it's the greatest fraud that's been perpetrated on mankind this century. Back in 1997, when you were vice president, Enron's CEO, Ken Lay, was involved in discussions with you at the White House about helping develop this type of policy, this trade. Uh, I, I, I don't know. In the early 1990s, Enron, the disgraced Texas-based energy trading company that turned out to be a complete fraud, spearheaded the EPA's $20 billion cap-and-trade program for sulfur dioxide, promptly becoming the largest trader in that market. As a follow-up, the company, led by Ken Lay, began lobbying the Clinton administration and particularly Vice President Al Gore to create a similar market for carbon dioxide, making lavish contributions to environmental groups like the Nature Conservancy, whose climate change project argued for restrictions on carbon emissions. Enron then hired Christopher Horner, a former staffer on Senator Joe Lieberman's Environment Committee, to lobby for an international treaty that would restrict emissions and allow for trading in emission rights. They were joined in this quest by Goldman Sachs, the infamous Wall Street investment bank known today for the revolving door between the firm and the U.S. Treasury, who helped establish the Chicago Climate Exchange as the first North American emissions trading platform. In 2004, Al Gore, who has spent the last two decades lobbying for the creation of a carbon trading market, founded Generation Investment Management, an investment management partnership that sells carbon offsets. David Blood, the CEO of Goldman Sachs Asset Management, to go into business with Gore. By the end, Gore was already being hailed as a candidate to become the world's first carbon billionaire. Gore himself is an oligarch. His father, Al Gore Sr., was a close friend of Armand Hammer, the oil tycoon behind Occidental Petroleum. After losing a Senate race in 1970, Gore's father went to work at Occidental for $500,000 a year. Over his career, Gore Sr. accumulated hundreds of thousands Occidental stock, which fell into the hands of the executor of his estate, none other than his son, Al Gore. The Occidental connection does not end there. Discovering zinc ore on their Tennessee estate, Hammer bought the Gore's land and sold it back to them with a claim on the mining rights, complete with a $20,000 annual payment, which also went to Gore after his father's death. In 2013, earned $100 million from the Qatari government on the sale of event, and then when reporters were more interested in discussing his oil money than his new book on the global warming cause. But Gore's story is only an example of a larger phenomenon. In 2006, the United States Climate Action a call for action to cut down on carbon emissions. It drafted the Blueprint for Legislative Action which became the basis for the American Clean Energy and Security Act, seeking to create an emissions trading modeled on the European Union Emission Trading Scheme. And the members of the U.S. Climate Action Partnership, 
a who's who of the oligarchy, including BP, ConocoPhillips, and Motors. Carbon taxes and carbon have proven to be a hard increasing republic. But with the Paris Agreement of 2015, the world saw the biggest step yet towards this technocratic future of energy control and carbon rationing. No surprise, then, that the summit itself was sponsored by and prominently supported by Big Oil. What's your position and what message would you send to the president? Well, we have been clear uh, in our support of the climate, climate agreement in Paris. We were part of uh, the oil and gas climate initiative, which is 10 of the big companies in the world who are working towards projects and technologies that are needed. Um, I think we all want to know how the formula will work, but I think, um, I think the concept of Paris uh, needs to stay in everybody's mind on the, on the, um, the issues of we've got to transition the world to a lower forms of energy. I have no doubt it will happen. And um, uh, important not only not only for us citizens, not only for our children. It is important for the business. This budget requests $1.1 billion to address climate change. The agency doesn't get money going in front of a congressional committee and say, you know, my issue, it's really not a problem. You ought to give the money to somebody else. No, instead, issues compete with each other for your money. And so you have to scare them. We have to act in this decade. As someone who gets paid to do research, I'm really excited. I'm going to go home and have fun. And so, <laughs> to summarize, we have much scientific confidence that warming and contributing to sea level rise and other changes. I've lived through eight environmental apocalypses, the population bomb, acid rain, the ozone hole, global climate changing. The succession of temperature open winter years, culminating last winter in the almost total failure of the ice crop throughout the valley of the Hudson makes the question pertinent. The older inhabitants tell us that the winters are not as cold now as when they were young. And we have all observed the marked diminution of the average cold, even in the last decade, end quote. The New York Times, June 23rd, 1890. Quote, America is believed by Weather Bureau scientists to be on the verge of a change of climate, with a return to increasing rains and deeper snows and the colder winters of Grandfather's Day, end quote. Associated Press, December 15th, 1934. Quote, Greenland's polar climate has moderated so consistently that communities of hunters have evolved into fishing villages. Sea mammals, vanishing from the west coast, have been replaced by codfish and other fish species in the area's southern waters. End quote. New York Times, August 29, 1954. After a week of discussions on the causes of climate change, an assembly of specialists from several continents seem to have reached unanimous agreement on only one point. It is getting colder, end quote. New York Times, January 30th, 1961. Quote, Colonel Bernd Balchen, polar explorer and flyer, is circulating a paper among polar specialists proposing that the Arctic pack ice is thinning and that the ocean at the North Pole may become an open sea within a decade or two. The United States and the Soviet Union are mounting large-scale investigations to determine why the Arctic climate is becoming more frigid, 
why parts of the Arctic sea ice have recently become ominously thicker, and whether the extent of that ice cover contributes to the onset of ice ages. End quote. New York Times, July 18, 1970. Quote, a poll of climate specialists in seven countries has found a consensus that there will be no catastrophic changes in the climate by the end of the century. But the specialists were almost equally divided on whether there would be a warming, a cooling, or no change at all. End quote. New York Times, February 18, 1978. Quote, New York will probably be like Florida 15 years from now. End quote. St. Louis Post-Dispatch, September 17, 1989. Quote, scientists are warning that some of the Himalayan glaciers could vanish within 10 years because of global warming. A buildup of greenhouse gases is blamed for the meltdown, which could lead to drought and flooding in the region, affecting millions of people. End quote. The Birmingham Post, July 26, 1999. Etc., etc., etc. The global warming a reason to squash dissent. The climate change deniers suggest there's still a debate over the science. There is not. I bought what they were saying. Judith Curry is a climate scientist at Georgia Tech. She once agreed with the scaremongers. What changed? Well, climate gate. Emails reveal a plot among the world's top climate scientists. A group of esteemed scientists were strategizing to squash their opponents. Very few have actually bothered to read the emails and documents. Few have browsed the Harry README file, the electronic notes of a harried programmer trying to make sense of the CRU's databases. Never read temperatures in the database artificially adjusted to look closer to the real temperatures. Or the hundreds, if not thousands, of dummy stations which somehow ended up in the database or how the exasperated programmer resorts to expletives before admitting he made up key data on weather stations because it was impossible to tell what data was coming from what sources. Few have read the 2005 email from ClimateGate ringleader and CRU head Phil Jones to John Christie, where he states, quote, the scientific community would come down on me in no uncertain terms if I said the world had cooled from 1998. Okay, it has, but it is only seven years of data and it isn't statistically significant. Or where he concludes, as you know, I'm not political. If anything, I would like to see the climate change happen so the science could be proved right, regardless of the consequences. This isn't being political. It is being selfish. Or the email where he broke the law by asking Michael Mann of Hockey Stick fame to delete a series of emails related to a freedom of information request he had just received. Email where he wrote, if they ever hear there is a Freedom of Information Act now in the UK, I think I'll delete the file rather than send it to anyone. We also have a data protection, which I will hide behind. Or the other emails where these men of science say they will redefine the definition of peer review in order to keep differing viewpoints out of the scientific literature. Or where they discuss ousting a suspected skeptic from his editorial position in the scientific journal. Or where they try to hide the divergence in temperature proxy records from observed temperatures. Where they openly discuss the complete lack of warming over the last decade of other emails and documents. Of course, the alarmists continue to argue, as they have ever since they first began to acknowledge the scandal, that ClimateGate is insignificant. Without addressing any of the issues or the specific emails, they simply point to the independent investigations that they say have vindicated the ClimateGate scientists.
like the UK Parliamentary Committee, which issued a report claiming that Phil Jones and the CRU's scientific credibility remained intact after a rigorous one-day hearing which featured no testimony from any skeptic or dissenting voice. After the release of the report, the committee stressed that the report did not address all of the issues raised by ClimateGate, and Phil Willis, the committee chairman, admitted that the committee had rushed to put out a report before the British election. For the Oxburg inquiry, chaired by Lord Ron Oxburg, the UK vice chair of Globe International, an NGO-funded climate change legislation lobby group, the Oxburg inquiry released a five-page report after having reviewed 11 scientific papers unrelated to the ClimateGate scandal that had been handpicked by Phil Jones himself. They heard no testimony or evidence from anyone critical of the CRU. Unsurprisingly, it found the ClimateGaters not guilty of academic misconduct. Regardless of what one thinks of the veracity or independence of these so-called investigations into the ClimateGate scandal itself, what has followed has been a catastrophic meltdown of the supposedly united front of scientific opinion that man-made CO2 is causing catastrophic global warming. In late November of 2009, just days after the initial release of the ClimateGate emails, the University of East Anglia was in the hot seat again. The CRU was forced to admit that they had thrown away most of the raw data that their global temperature calculations were based upon, meaning their work was not reproducible by any outside scientists. In December of that year, the UN's Copenhagen climate talks broke down when a negotiating document was leaked showing that, contrary to all PR, it would be the third world nations bearing the brunt of a new international climate treaty with punishing restrictions on carbon emissions that would prevent them from ever industrializing. The document, written by industrialized nations, allowed the first world to emit twice as much carbon per person as the third world and was widely seen as an implementation of a eugenical austerity program under a green cover. This agenda was further exposed by the influential Optimum Population Trust in the UK, which began arguing that same month that rich Westerners offset their carbon footprints by funding programs to stop black people from breeding. In January 2010, it was revealed that a passing comment to a journalist from an Indian climatologist that the Himalayan glaciers could melt within 40 years found its way into the much-touted Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change's fourth report on climate change, via a World Wildlife Fund fundraising pamphlet. When IPCC defenders tried to pass the universally derided prediction off as a legitimate mistake, the coordinating lead author of that section of the report admitted that the IPCC knew that the report was based on baseless speculation in a non-peer-reviewed work, but deliberately included it because we thought that if we can highlight it, it will impact policymakers and politicians and encourage them to take some concrete action. Later that month, doubt was cast on another claim in the IPCC report, this one that 40% of the Amazon rainforest was in danger of disappearing due to man-made global warming. These doubts were confirmed in July when the claim was sourced back to pure, unverified speculation on the now-defunct website of a Brazilian environmental advocacy group. Just this month, the exact opposite of the original claim was shown to be the case when a new study appeared in Science demonstrating that forests in past warming periods were not decimated, but in fact blooming with life, experiencing a rapid and distinct increase in plant diversity and origination rates. 
Also in January, the UK Information Commissioner ruled that researchers at the CRU had broken the law by refusing to comply with freedom of information requests, but that no criminal prosecution would follow because of a statute of limitations on prosecuting the illegal activity. In February, the UK Guardian revealed that a key study co-authored by Phil Jones that purported to show there was no such thing as the well-established urban heat island effect was found to have relied on seriously flawed data. This, according to the Guardian, led to apparent attempts to cover up problems with the temperature data. In September, John Holdren, the man who had previously advocated adding sterilizing agents to the water supply to combat the overpopulation problem, which he thought would ravage the earth by the year 2000, and who currently is the science czar in the Obama White House, advocated a name change for global warming to climate disruption, further affirming the theory's non-scientific status as an unfalsifiable prediction that anything that ever happens is due to man-made carbon dioxide. Later that month, Britain's prestigious Royal Society rewrote its climate change summary to admit that the science was infused with uncertainties and that it is not possible to determine exactly how much the Earth will warm or exactly how the climate will change in the future. In October, a carbon reduction advocacy group called 1010 released a video to promote its campaign in which those skeptical about participating in the program are literally blown up. I thank the chairman and the ranking members for the opportunity to offer testimony today. Prior to 2009, I felt that supporting the IPCC consensus on climate change was a responsible thing to do. I bought into the argument, don't trust what one scientist says, trust what an international team of a thousand scientists has said after years of careful deliberation. That all changed for me in November 2009, following the leaked ClimateGate emails that illustrated the sausage-making and even bullying that went into building the consensus. I started speaking out, saying that scientists needed to do better at making the data and supporting information publicly available, being more transparent about how they reach conclusions, doing a better job of assessing uncertainties, and actively engaging with scientists having minority perspectives. The response of my colleagues to this is summed up by the title of a 2010 article in the Scientific American. Climate heretic Judith Curry turns on her colleagues. I came to the growing realization that I had fallen into the trap of groupthink. I had accepted the consensus based on second order evidence, the assertion that a consensus existed I began making an independent assessment of topics in climate science that had the most relevance to policy. And what have I concluded from this assessment? Human-caused climate change is a theory in which the basic mechanism is well understood, but whose magnitude is highly uncertain. No one questions that surface temperatures have increased overall since 1880, or that humans are adding carbon dioxide to the atmosphere, or that carbon dioxide and other greenhouse gases have a warming effect on the planet. However, there's considerable uncertainty and disagreement about the most consequential issues, whether the warming has been dominated by human causes versus natural variability, how much the planet will warm in the 21st century, and whether warming is dangerous. The central issue in the scientific debate on climate change is the extent to which the recent and future warming is caused by humans 
natural climate variability. Research effort and funding has focused on understanding human causes of climate change. How we have been misled in our quest to understand climate change by from the sun and from the long-term oscillations in ocean circulations. Why do scientists disagree about climate change? The historical data is sparse and inadequate. There's disagreement about the value of different classes of evidence, notably the value of global climate models. There's disagreement about the appropriate logical framework for linking and assessing the evidence. And scientists disagree over assessments of areas of ambiguity and ignorance. How then and why have climate scientists come to a consensus about a very complex scientific problem that the scientists themselves acknowledge as substantial and fundamental uncertainties? Climate scientists have become entangled in an acrimonious political debate that has polarized the scientific community. As a result of my analyses that challenge IPCC conclusions, I have been called a denier by other climate scientists and most recently by Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. My motives have been questioned by Representative Grijalva in a recent letter sent to the president of Georgia Tech. There is enormous pressure for climate scientists to conform to the so-called consensus. This pressure comes not only from politicians, but from federal funding agencies, universities and professional societies, and scientists themselves who are green activists. Reinforcing this consensus are strong monetary, reputational, and authority interests. In this politicized environment, advocating for carbon dioxide emissions reductions is becoming the default expected position for climate scientists. This advocacy extends to the professional society that published journals and organized conference. Policy advocacy, when combined with understating the uncertainties, risks destroying science's reputation for honesty and objectivity, without which scientists become regarded as merely another lobbyist group. There's no agreement as to whether warming is dangerous or not. For saying that, you were one of the targets of the congressman saying, show us where you get your money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one of the seven. Seven climate skeptics were branded heretics in order to reveal all their sources of funds. Curry abandoned science. This is after praising me and pushing me a few years ago as, you know, the prestigious Well, you have wrong opinions now. Yeah. I was trying to be honest as a scientist. It was very unpopular with a lot of my colleagues. They were trying to squash people who disagreed with them. And they've succeeded. I get emails from people all the time who wish they could speak out. What are they worried about? Losing their jobs. It's dangerous to dissent when climate change is something politicians address with religious zeal. This was the moment when the rise of the ocean began to slow and our planet began to heal. Admit it. It's a religion. The head of the United Nations climate panel said it's his religion. When you emit greenhouse gases, are you committing a sin? I, I suppose if I were a preacher, I'd say we're all sinners, uh, but, but there's redemption out in, in the future. If you go to these days, you'll hear lots of scary things. We've never been hit by a storm quite like this. Global warming is the reason for this unprecedented event. Environmentalism in Hollywood have gone hand in hand. Mark Moreno, a journalist who tries to fight fear-mongering, calls this propaganda from people who want government to control life. Mr. Vice President, 
If we don't act now, it's going to be too late. What you call propaganda, they say we're just informing people. They're not informing people. They're using science and environmental scares to achieve these political ends that they've been trying to do essentially since the 1960s. I think we're on the verge of a major climate shift. Those are the exact words we heard in the 1970s about the global cooling scare. They actually said climatologists are pessimistic that politicians won't act in time in order to prevent the, the coming climate catastrophe. At the UN, a movie actor lectures the delegates. Droughts are intensifying. Our oceans are acidifying. Leonardo DiCaprio is probably the chief celebrity spokesman. He actually famously said one time, I'll fly all over the world in order to fight global warming. But he didn't quite get the disconnect. Yeah, come on. What you got? The most successful movie ever oh, yeah. is this one. Avatar's villain is a mining company. This little gray rock sells for 20 million a kilo. To get it, the miners will destroy the indigenous people's land. Those savages are threatening our whole operation. The film's director is James Cameron. He went down with Sigourney Weaver to Brazil to protest hydroelectric dams, which would have brought running water and electricity to hundreds of thousands of people, and then flew back home to Hollywood, where he had mansions, he, he had you know, private planes. He's living a high-carbon lifestyle, yet he is willing to deny that progress to the poor people. Flying around the world, criticizing greenhouse gases. We asked DiCaprio and Cameron's representatives about their hypocrisy, but they didn't respond. Break the rules. Hollywood tells kids to fight environmental destruction. Get in the way. There's nothing to stop them from bulldozing from one coast to another. Except for us. you got to start thinking like an outlaw. You might call this soft core eco-terrorism porn for children. This was a movie that showed kids going in and ravaging construction sites all to save endangered species. We've got to stop this construction once and for all. We're the only ones who care. We're the only ones who know. At least this is Hollywood. At least we can look at that and say, that's fiction. That's supposed to be fiction. This isn't supposed to be. The New York Times climate reporting reads like a Greenpeace newsletter. The so-called paper of records says climate signals are growing louder and we're running out of time and the worst is yet to come. A crippling, potentially historic blizzard. On TV, storms are not just bad, they're historic. Historic, crippling, and catastrophic. Historic snow. Historic. 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 Historic snow day. And climate change causes so many problems. CNN actually asked, was this asteroid caused by global warming? What's coming our way? Is this an effect of, of perhaps global warming? There's a blurring between fiction and reality because they have a political agenda. Sea level worldwide would go up 20 feet. This is what would happen in Florida. Climate scientists laugh at those claims, but kids don't know that. And they watch this over and over. Children who had to sit through Al Gore's film four times in four different classes. Global warming or none like it hot. The kids also watch the story of stuff. It explains how a radio is made. The metal was probably mined in South Africa. The petroleum was probably drilled in Iraq. Story of stuff has been viewed 40 million times. It says if you radio. These people paid with the loss of their clean air, with increasing asthma and cancer rates. Kids in the Congo paid with their future. This is basically telling kids everything you buy, we're exploiting people. I'm sorry, I bought a radio. Instead of at the technology behind it, they're calling progress for these countries exploitation. This film was shown at the UN. The little girl watches the news and learns that because of man, the world will fall apart. 
kids are scared. They're very scared. They have pictures of Santa Claus's home melting, and they and they do this every Christmas. There may be no alternative but to cancel Christmas. And no one better tell kids, don't be scared. No allowed when you're teaching your children about global warming. They're going to be told that there's one view, and the view is that we face a climate danger and that we must act. The scientific community released a report that proves beyond a doubt that the Earth is getting warmer. This global warming is caused by things you grown-ups do and by the things you don't. If drastic measures aren't taken soon, by the time I grow up, there won't be any fish left in the sea. Rainforests and clean air will be a thing of the past. Polar ice caps will be gone. Oceans will rise. Entire countries will disappear. Life will change in ways you can't even imagine. There could be famine, worldwide epidemics. Life expectancy will be lower. And we're not just talking about the future. We're talking about my future. This is no surprise. You adults have known about this for years. And though you could have done something about it, you haven't. You can say, it's not my problem. You can say, I won't be around in 50 years. But from now on, you can't say I didn't know. Starting today, the lines are drawn. You have to choose sides. Either you're for my future, or you're against it. You're a friend, or you're an enemy. I may just be a kid today, but tomorrow will be different. This is the last time I'll be talking to you adults. You've had your chance to fix this problem. Now we have ours. We won't be cute, we won't be patronized, and we will not be denied our future. Climate deniers, his word, and energy CEOs belong at The Hague with three square meals and a cot with all the other war criminals. What's your thought on jailing skeptics as war criminals? Uh, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, was it appropriate to jail the guys from Enron? Interesting. Okay, right. So we'll see what happens. If was it appropriate to jail people from the cigarette industry who insisted insisted that this addictive product was not addictive and so on. And you think about in these cases, for me as a taxpayer and voter, uh, the doubting, the introduction of this extreme doubt, we go with extreme doubt about climate change, is affecting my quality of life as a public citizen. So I can see where. People are very concerned about this and pursuing criminal investigations as well as, uh, as well as engaging in discussions like this. New scientific findings show climate change is way scarier than many politicians are willing to acknowledge. UN report, world on path to catastrophic climate change by 2030. Okay, so we're all gonna die. It's catastrophic events including flooding, droughts, wildfires, disease, and mass death. Climate catastrophe. Uh, destabilization around the globe. The science now shows climate change will get worse. It will be deadly. Time is running out and leaders need to quote, act now, idiots. There will be irreversible damage to the planet. It's not a matter of if, but rather when. We are not moving fast enough. Holy shit. Like, how do you process yeah, something so... this dire? <laughs> 
you need to start thinking about banning private cars from cities. But unprecedented and immediate change is needed to prevent a climate catastrophe. And we are almost out of time. You don't need people's opinions on a fact. And that means more extreme weather events. That means water scarcity. That means more wildfires. That means sea level rise and losing our coastlines. That means a tremendous amount of impact. At a time like this, when they have the science, they have the information. And to not do so is, shouldn't be tolerated. The International Panel on Climate Change, Environment Canada, National Geographic, and many other scientific bodies and publications assert that the average global temperature has risen by 0.6 degrees Celsius since the late 19th century. This assertion is based on a data set provided by the Climate Research Unit, headed by Phil Jones, a professor in the School of Environmental Sciences at the University of East Anglia. When asked by independent researcher Warwick Hughes for the raw data behind the data set, Dr. Jones replied, we have 25 or so years invested in the work. Why should I make the data available to you when your aim is to try and find something wrong with it? Since then, Steve McIntyre also attempted to get the raw data from the UK Met Office, but his Freedom of Information request was denied with the UK Met Office citing a secret non-disclosure agreement they had with Dr. Jones, the documentation for which they could no longer find. In Dangerous Deception, a recent article in the Canada Free Press, Dr. Tim Ball, a former climatology professor at the University of Winnipeg, explains why this lack of transparency is so worrying. Recently, the Corbett Report had a chance to talk to Dr. Tim Ball about transparency, intellectual honesty, and the climate change debate. If you're working in, an, in, a, in a lab or in a university and you're playing around with ideas and, and experiments and so on, there's always an academic or, or scientific responsibility uh, that you, you have to be able to uh, show your work and explain your work and so on. Uh, and in many cases, that's not being fulfilled. I mean, the, the hockey stick, uh, where finally it was tested after how they'd done it was disclosed, and, you know, we can't, this is wrong. Um, but when you go public and say, here's the results and this is the truth, then there's a social responsibility that kicks in. And unfortunately, and in some ways, if the politician doesn't does it, that's fine because people, the credibility of politicians is so low and, and, and the public understand they're doing it for a political motive. But when you get a scientist going public with it for a political motive, bringing the credibility of science to it, but doing it for their own political agenda, then you have really crossed that line between the scientific responsibility and the social responsibility. What the public need to know is that there are uh, four major agencies producing global temperature on an annual basis. They come up with different numbers each year. And the number, I remember one year, it varied by 0.4 degrees Celsius. Well, 
if you're saying 0.6 in 100 years and, and each year you're differing by 0.4 using the same data, well, the reason there's a difference is because you don't use the raw data. You adjust, you modify, re-manipulate the raw data. And of course, at what point are you doing it to get the result that you want? Well, if you're not willing to disclose how you came up with your number, the suspicion has to be, you, you've cooked the books, fella. And, uh, and I think if, if that number of 0.6, which is quoted everywhere, and National Geographic have it on, the, the um, NOAA, the N N American National Oceanographic, they on their website, Environment Canada used the number. And yet here, the guy that produced it is not willing to explain how he got it. We got a serious problem on our hands. And, uh, and of course, what's, what's interesting is nobody wants to come out and say, you cook the books. But what other explanation can you come up with for not disclosing that information? I mean, it, it, how could it be possibly secret or confidential? The difficulty is, and Tolstoy identified this 100 years ago, you know, that if you made a career out of selling an idea and to your friends and to your colleagues and to the world, and then you've got to be the one that comes out and says, gee, you know what I told you, completely wrong. Uh, that's tough, very tough. And um, but if, if we're going to if we're going to influence entire energy and economic programs for the world, as cap and trade, Kyoto, all of these things are based on these numbers. There is is a massive, massive social responsibility. And unfortunately, there are enough people that have not been accept that and across the line. So it isn't just that the politicians have politicized science. It's those scientists that have politicized science that are the problem. National Geographic for heart-wrenching video shows starving polar bear on iceless land. From December 7th, 2017, just squeaking in under, under the wire there for nomination for the 2017 Fake News Awards. This article read in part, quote, when photographer Paul Nicklin and filmmakers from conservation group Sea Legacy arrived on Somerset Island near the largest Baffin Island in late summer, they came across a heartbreaking sight, a starving polar bear on its deathbed. We stood there crying, filming with tears rolling down our cheeks, he said. Video shows the polar bear clinging to life, its white hair limply covering its thin bony frame, one of the bear's back legs drags behind it as it walks, like likely due to looking for food. The polar bear slowly rummages through a nearby trash can used seasonally by Inuit fishers. It finds nothing and resignedly collapses back down onto the ground. By telling the story of one polar bear, Nicklin hopes to convey a larger message about how a warming climate has deadly consequences. Okay, well, thank you for that of a story, National Geographic. And it wasn't long before the backlash against this story started media, the independent media, but all over the establishment media. People were calling out this story as a pile of total fake news. You might remember this tragic little scene from the 
truth <laughs> of lore where he shows this. Oh, you know, look at this. This is this is proof <laughs> that polar bears are are drowning and dying. Uh, well, people might know that Charles Monette was actually suspended over the uh, the d- dead polar bears report and was investigated for those claims. But don't worry, he was cleared uh, for any scientific misconduct regarding them. I'll throw in a transcript to the hearing where he was grilled about this paper. It's quite quite humorous, especially where he claims the storm yeah, the storm had nothing to do with the deaths of these bears. But that was enough to ingrain the polar bear as one of the iconic symbols of global warming, the global warming ambassador to the world. So that now, for example, ooh, an ice sculpture uh, polar bear uh, is melting in the middle of Montreal, therefore man-made climate change. Or uh, Science Magazine a few years ago had this hand-wringy op-ed about climate change and the integrity of science. We are deeply disturbed by the recent escalation of political assaults on scientists in general and on climate scientists in particular. A report that originally uh, illustrated with this quote-unquote photograph, which is not at all, but a Photoshop. <laughs> she had to retract this, saying the original letter was not a photograph, but a collage. <laughs> the image was stood by the editors, and it was a mistake to have used it. So again, the polar bear floating out there in the ice, stranded out on the ice, what's it going to do, is fake and is constantly used as the image to make us believe in this global warming scare. may be no alternative but to cancel Christmas. And then there's just garbage nonsense like this with these polar bears, these bloody polar bears falling from the sky in this commercial. And it's, I mean, it, it's even more bizarre. I won't go through all the bloody details of this ridiculous nonsense, but it's even more bizarre when you find out they're not even talking necessarily about polar bears dying because of man-made global warming, but because an average flight produces over 400 kilograms of greenhouse gases for every passenger, which is the same, the weight of an adult polar bear. So I guess this is meant to represent a flight, <laughs> a flight to Europe, but uh, it, it just all becomes all tossed up into this salad of, of confusion and nonsense about the polar bears and, oh, what are they going to do? Ah, uh, yes. And as always, right there at ground zero of the uh, eco-climate scare uh, is the fake news stories about polar bears. So to debunk this nonsense in uh, true fashion, let's go to an actual polar bear scientist. <laughs> Imagine that. Susan Crockford of polarbearscience.com, who notes with regards to this particular fake news story, quote, in August, this bear would have been only recently off the sea ice. Since most bears are at their fattest at this time of year, Something unusual had to have affected his ability to hunt or feed on the kills he made when other bears around him did not starve and die. It could have been something as simple as being outcompeted for food in the spring by older animals. But if sea sea ice loss due to man-made global warming had been the culprit, this bear would not have been the only one starving. The landscape would have been littered with carcasses. This was one bear dying a gruesome death, as happens in the wild all the time. There is no suggestion that a necropsy was done to determine cause of death, just like Sterling's bear that supposedly died of climate change. In fact, research done by polar bear specialists that work in the field showed that the most common natural cause of deaths for polar bears is starvation, resulting from one cause or another, too young, too old, injured, sick. 
might remember these heart-wrenching pictures of a starving polar bear looking for food. National Geographic ran them back in 2017 with a big caption claiming that this is what climate change looks like. The images went viral. The photographers estimate over 2 billion people saw them. On YouTube alone, the video got 1.5 million views, and it also became one of the most viewed videos on National Geographic's website. But it turns out that the photographer's original caption didn't make an explicit link to climate change. They posted the video saying that this is what starvation looks like. But when National Geographic picked up the material to publish, it skewed the narrative, and it worked. This is one bear. It's not a one-source visit. I mean, and there's the expectation that as climate change continues, that this kind of image is going to be amplified again and again. But that viral success troubled the photographers. It was not the message they intended for viewers. The mission was a success, but there was a problem. We had lost control of the narrative. We were perhaps naive. The picture went viral and people took it literally. Well, now National Geographic has been forced to admit that it went too far in linking the dying bear to climate change and that there's no way of telling exactly why the stricken bear was on the verge of death. First, the headline, Berkeley declares a climate emergency. Here's the story. It's so bad, says the city council, that a sixth mass extinction is coming. Life on Earth could be devastated for the next 10 million years. We must, therefore, humanely stabilize the human population. In the event that I am reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus in order to contribute something to solve overpopulation. Prince Philip, reported by Deutsche Press Agentur, DPA, August 1988. In 1998, Ted Turner pledged to give more than $1 billion to the United Nations to be spent in the implementation of population reduction policies planet-wide. In 1999, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation gave $2.2 billion to Planned Parenthood, the United Nations Population Fund, and other population reduction groups. By 2007, the Gates had given more than $30 billion, almost exclusively to population control groups. The controlled corporate press cynically reported that the Gates were giving the money to help third world children. Bill and Melinda Gates were dethroned as the world's most generous philanthropists when their friend and fellow population reduction enthusiast, Warren Buffett, gave $37 billion to fund an army of population control groups. And I actually think the world will be much better when there's only 10 or 20% of us left. Dr. Eric Bianca. Is spending a million dollars on that last three months of life for that patient, would it be better not to lay off the, those 10 teachers and to make that trade-up in medical costs. But that's called the death panel, uh, and you're not supposed to have that discussion. Yeah, the, the growing human population. If where we are, there's nothing else. And do you have views about what should be done about that? Contract, yes. We've got to 
stabilize the population. When I was born, no, there was so too, what's wrong with the population? I mean, with too many people. That's what. That's why we have global warming. We have global warming because too many people are using too much stuff. All the evidence that we've amassed in our preparations for the Stockholm Conference, including the views of many of the world's leading scientists, uh, I am convinced that the prophets of doom have got to be taken seriously. In other words, doomsday is a possibility. I'm equally convinced that doomsday is not inevitable. On paper, it would be almost impossible to find a less likely candidate for godfather of the modern environmental movement than Maurice Strong. A junior high school dropout from a poor family in rural Manitoba struck hard by the Great Depression, Strong's meteoric rise to the heights of wealth and political influence is itself remarkable. The sheer number of environmental organizations that he founded, conferences he chaired, campaigns he directed, and accolades he received over the course of his career is even more remarkable. Organizer of the Stockholm Environmental Conference, founding director of the United Nations Environment Programme, Secretary General of the Rio Earth Summit, founder of the Earth Council and the Earth Charter Movement, chair of the World Resources Institute, commissioner of the World Commission on Environment and Development, and board member of a bewildering array of organizations, from the International Institute for Sustainable Development to the Stockholm Environment Institute to the African American Institute. But perhaps the most remarkable thing about Strong, this ubiquitous figure of the 20th century environmental movement, was his background. A Rockefeller-connected millionaire from the Alberta oil patch who divided his time between environmental campaigning and running major oil companies. To understand how this came about, we have to examine the history of the emergence of the environmental movement. In the post-war period, the desire to control the population put on a new mask, protecting the world from resource depletion, pollution, and ecological catastrophe. And, as always, the Rockefeller family was there to provide the funding and organizational support to steer this burgeoning movement toward their own ends. President Nixon and the United States Congress established the Commission on Population Growth and the American Future. The chairman of this unique commission is John D. Rockefeller III. It was a very broad-ranging mandate. Nobody's had one uh, of this character before. And just from that, this question of quality of life just emerged as the seemingly key issue. But the main finding was that stabilization of some kind is, is clearly uh, desirable for the country. Yes, we, we, that it is recognized that population cannot continue to grow indefinitely. Nobody questions that. And we said from our findings, we felt that now the nation should welcome and plan for a stabilized population. Well, the whole question of pollution, environment, and population came very much to the fore in amazingly rapid time. And President Nixon, in July 1969, made a statement to the Congress exclusively on this question. And I'd like to read just two sentences from that statement, as I think it's indicative of his concern in regard to the subject and his recognition of its importance uh, here and around the world. He said, one of the most serious challenges to human destiny in the last third of this century will be the growth of the population. Whether man's response to this challenge 
will be a cause for pride or for despair in the year 2000 will depend very much on what we do today. Joining the Rockefellers in shaping the international environmental movement were their fellow oligarchs across the Atlantic, including the British royals behind BP and the Dutch royals behind Royal Dutch Shell, and facilitating the transition from eugenics to population control to environmentalism was Julian Huxley, brother of Brave New World author Aldous Huxley and grandson of Darwin's bulldog, T.H. Huxley. Julian Huxley was a committed eugenicist, chairing the British Eugenic Society from 1959 to 1962. But like the other eugenicists of the post-war era, he understood the need to pursue the now discredited work of eugenics under a different guise. The founding director of the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, Huxley wrote in the agency's founding document about the need to find ways to make the cause of eugenics politically viable once again. At the moment, it is probable that the indirect effect of civilization is dysgenic instead of eugenic. And in any case, it seems likely that the dead weight of genetic stupidity, physical weakness, mental instability, and disease proneness, which already exist in the human species, will prove too great a burden for real progress to be achieved. Thus, even though it is quite true that any radical eugenic policy will be for many years politically and psychologically impossible, it will be important for UNESCO to see that the eugenic problem is examined with the greatest care and that the public mind is informed of the issues at stake so that much that now is unthinkable may at least become thinkable. Huxley found the perfect front for the reintroduction of these unthinkable eugenical ideas in 1948 when he used UNESCO as a springboard for founding the International Union for the Conservation of Nature, and then again in 1961, when he used that agency as a springboard to create the World Wildlife Fund. Joining Huxley as co-founders of the fund were not only Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, founder of the Bilderberg Group and former employee of the IG Farben conglomerate, and Prince Philip of England, but Godfrey A. Rockefeller of the Rockefeller dynasty. Together, they pledged to harness public opinion, and educate the world about the necessity for conservation. Years of education about the strain that the growing human population put on the resources of the earth, paid for by the very oligarchs who had just spent the past century monopolizing one of the world's key resources, led, inevitably, to a predictable conclusion. Now, for the first time in the history of man, an international movement is underway. The people of the nations and the nations of the world have joined together to find the answers. This building and the world's representatives hold the solution. We've seen what we've done to bring about the destruction of our Earth. Is it not the time now to cure the disease that we ourselves have created? Yes, the cure for the disease of mankind according to Rockefeller-funded propaganda featuring John D. Rockefeller III as an expert commentator, was to be found at the United Nations, whose headquarters had been so graciously donated by the Rockefeller family itself. And the first step toward discovering that cure was to organize the UN Conference on the Human Environment in Stockholm in 1972, the world's first international environmental conference. For 11 days in June 1972, Stockholm was a magnet for everyone concerned with the environment. 
1,200 official delegates from 113 nations were in Stockholm for the first international conference on the human environment. The meeting, first proposed to the United Nations by Sweden and approved by the General Assembly in 1968, attracted worldwide attention. In four short years, the topic of the human environment had gone from the back pages of newspapers to make headlines on page one. And who better to oversee the conference and lay the institutional groundwork for this burgeoning oligarch-supported movement than a consummate oil man? The very fact that the conference began with 113 participating countries with very high-level uh, delegations from those countries, this in itself represented a very significant step forward because this demonstrated more than any, any, anything else the real concern of the majority of countries in the world. All his life, Maurice Strong had the uncanny ability to be in the right place at the right time to meet the right person to advance up the ranks. Having been born in Oak Lake, Manitoba in 1929 and suffering through the Great Depression, the ambitious young Strong dropped out of school at age 14 and headed north to look for work. Finding his way to Chesterfield Inlet, Strong got a job as a fur buyer for the Hudson's Bay Company and there met Wild Bill Richardson, a prospector whose wife, Mary McCall, hails from the family behind McCall Frontenac, one of Canada's largest oil companies. So Mr. Strong sort of enters the big world through a guy by the name of Wild Bill Richardson, who was a sort of prospector um, married into an oil family called McCall, uh, whose company was called McCall Frontenac. It was a, a major importer of oil from the Middle East, had been taken over long since by the Texaco company through a brokerage house called Nesbitt Thompson. So in a way, Mr. Strong was introduced to the world of big oil um, and the world of resources at a very young age, was picked up as a very smart kid, taken under the wing of a man named Paul Martin Sr., who was a cabinet minister um, and whose son would go on to become the prime minister of Canada. Um, and introduced to the oil patch through people at the very top, and that would include David Rockefeller. Through the Richardsons, Strong made a series of increasingly unlikely connections. First, he was introduced to the treasurer of the then brand new United Nations, Noah Minod. Unbelievably, Minod didn't just secure Strong a job as a junior security officer at UN headquarters. He allowed the young Manitoba farm boy to live with him in New York. And while there, Minod introduced Strong to the most important contact of his life, David Rockefeller. From that moment on, Strong was a made man. And from that moment on, wherever Strong went, Rockefeller and his associates were there somewhere in the background. It was a Standard Oil veteran, Jack Gallagher, who gave Strong his big break in the Alberta oil patch when he quit his UN security job to return to Canada. And when Maurice Strong suddenly decided to quit that oil patch job, sell his house, and travel to Africa, he supported himself working for Rockefeller's Caltex in Nairobi. When he quit that job in 1954 and started his own company back in Canada, he hired Henry Bruni, a close friend of Rockefeller associate John J. McCloy, to manage it and appointed two Standard Oil of New Jersey reps to its board. By his late 20s, he was running his own company, 
and was already a millionaire. As he would throughout his life, Maurice Strong capitalized on these connections and opportunities to full effect. After being chosen to organize the UN Environmental Conference in Stockholm, he was appointed a trustee of the Rockefeller Foundation, which then funded his office for the Stockholm Summit and supplied Carnegie Fellow Barbara Ward and Rockefeller ecologist René Dubose for his team. Strong commissioned them to write Only One Earth, a foundational text in the sustainable development arena that is heavily touted by globalists as a key document for promoting the global management of resources. The 1972 Stockholm Summit is still hailed as a landmark moment in the history of the modern environmental movement, leading not only to the first governmentally administered environmental action plans in Europe, but the creation of an entirely new UN bureaucracy, the United Nations Environment Programme, UNEP. Naturally, the UN appointed Maury Strong as UNEP's first director. Shortly thereafter, Strong continued his double life by jumping straight back into the oil patch. Eastern Canada was hit particularly hard by the OPEC oil embargo, and as a result, then-Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau created Petro-Canada, Canada's national oil company. And who did he tap as the company's first president? None other than that crusading Rockefeller-backed environmentalist, Maurice Strong. Leaving that post in 1978, Strong continued with a scarcely believable series of governmental, private sector, and international appointments from Chairman of the Canada Development Investment Corporation to Chairman of AZL Resources Incorporated to leading the UN's Famine Relief Program in Africa. In 1987, Strong helped to organize another environmental conference, much less known but no less remarkable than the Stockholm Summit. Dubbed the Fourth World Wilderness Congress, the meeting took place in Denver, Colorado and brought together Strong, David Rockefeller, Edmund de Rothschild, then Treasury Secretary James Baker, and a gaggle of other oligarchs, bankers, Washington power players, and globalists, ostensibly to talk about the environment. What they actually discussed was altogether more incredible. I suggest, therefore, that this be sold not through a democratic process. That would take too long and devour far too much of the funds to educate the cannon fodder, unfortunately, which populates the earth. We have to take almost an elitist program that we can see beyond our swollen bellies and look to the future in time frames and in results which are not easily understood or which can be, with intellectual honesty, be reduced down to some kind of simplistic definition. All right, all right, y'all. We're about to get ready to get this show started. As you can see, I played, I am playing the hoax known as climate change. And we're going to dig into it because it's a lot going on. And I'm going to stop right there because I'm going to go back and play that last little section that you just heard about a democratic process in relation to climate change. Is y'all ready? Is y'all ready? Because I'm telling you now, the shit that these folks are doing right now is speeding up the timeline of transformation of world societies and populations. All right? Real talk. So let's get into it. It's high damn politics. It's Wednesday night. So 
Let's get this thing started. WGAG Radio presents Hot Damn Politics. Queen of the two lands, Nefertiti. Egypt cries out for your help. The menacing Hyksos have invaded the minds of your people and have set up their own capital at BTR. For BTR, they have disrupted many of our communication routes. We must stop their conquest before it is too late. Here at WGAG Radio, we are safe from immediate attack. Although the Hyksos have the gall to demand tribute, we may need to supply troops and arms to our compatriots to the north to help repel the Hyksos incursion. They will look to you, almighty Nefertiti, for support. But now, we too have a new weapon. Our wise military leaders have become proficient in the use of the dreaded sounds of Nuwafu, and we shall turn it back upon our enemies and drive them before us. If only our trouble was limited to the north. Reports from our southern border show that the black devils are once again taking advantage and distracted the minds of your people, and if the Nuwapians are to emerge intact from these turbulent times, much will be required of you. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to break the spell of ignorance with Nuwapu. As always, if you are a member of the Brain Trust's caught or killed, WGAG will disavow any knowledge of your actions. This tape is self-destructed five seconds. Good luck, Nefertiti.
please welcome the Brain Trust. The Brain Trust. The Brain Trust. Brain trust, the brain trust. Brain trust, the brain trust.
welcome, welcome the Brain Trust. The Brain Trust. The Brain Trust. Oh, shit. I'm so... Oh, I had it on mute. My bad. <laughs> My bad. I had it on mute. I was just talking. What's happening, man? Let's do this once again. Welcome to everybody. It is Wednesday night, so you know what it is. It's hot damn politics. You are in the building with that to keep surviving the game. I'm glad y'all are here tonight because you can be doing anything and anyone, but you're here tonight. That means a lot. We got a lot to build on tonight. What's happening with you? Thank you. Thank you so much, Don. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for tapping in on that one because I was just talking and talking. Can I get a one? Let me make sure y'all hear me in the AP. Can y'all hear me in the AP? Let me get a one, good people. Let me get a one. Let me get a one. All right. Yes, just talking about how hot it is. I was uh, uh, directing my uh, comment to a risky girl. He said it's hot everywhere. I said it's not here, which, which it is, and it's mild. You know, California, um, you know, summer day, um, 70s, you know, mid-70s. But I'm like, if it's, if it's hot everywhere, they turned up the the fucking glow, uh, thermostat in this bitch. You know what I'm saying? But we're going to talk about that, okay? Because we're going to talk about that tonight because um, we're talking about global warming. Because if you're listening to that first hour and 20 minutes later, by the hour, yeah, first hour and 20 minutes, if you were listening to what I was playing um, it really goes to show you how long they have been planning to take over by means of declaration of a global climate problem. They have a whole bunch. I mean, as we know, globalists have been wanting population reduction and all kinds of things, concentration um, of wealth, control over the people, the planet's resources. For over a hundred years, okay, for over a hundred years, this plan has been intact. Don has spoken on it. I'm speaking on it. We continue to just show that all these things are connected. None of this shit is individual situations. It's all connected. They make shit look like they're separate issues. Remember, that is their that is their goal is to to create the confusion of thinking that something is this and something is this, something. Else. No, it's all interwoven. It's all connected. And it's all with the same end result. End result is population reduction and control of those who are on the planet, you know, and all of its resources, all right? 
that's just what it is, you know what I'm saying, because um, populations are always going to continue to grow. That's just the nature of having humans on the planet. Population grows. So they have to find a way to curb that. They got to have a way to control that. And so we always diving into it. But I'm just saying we are living in a crescendo. We are in that crescendo moment. You know what I'm saying? You know, like like that apex, we are there. We are here. We are there. That time is now. And so they're putting, stepping on the gas, literally, no pun intended. They're stepping on the gas pedal right now to put this shit in hyperdrive because they know that they have a window that they got to execute shit at before there is an uprising because it's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. It was happening during COVID, and it's happening again in Europe, and it's happening with the farmers. I, I built on that last week to show you what because last week's show, last Wednesday's show was a segue into tonight's show because I was showing you the steps that, you know what I'm saying, I hope you're walking with me. I hope you've seen what I'm trying to, um, striving to show you is where they're taking it step by step by step. Last week was about the ESG, the economic, social, um, you know, uh, G, I forget what the G is for, governance board, ESG, economic, social governance. And that has to do with everything from farming to so-called um, uh, social justice, diversity, inclusion, all these keywords, all these fucking um, key phrases are cold words, all right, for an agenda. They are not, they are not this fucking uh, beautiful thing that they want this world to be equal. That is that is the that is the um, cover. You know what I'm saying? That's the cover. That's how they get people to buy into the agenda, hook, line, and sinker. Again, if you listen to what I was playing, you start hearing how they were um, programming it through, through children and with us, through the Greenpeace Party, okay? Like I said, my first interaction with Greenpeace was my first year of college, 1997, on the campus of Berkeley, and they, and they were hard at it. I mean, literally, as freshmen were walking onto the campus, they had people with clipboards and everything and telling us we had to be a part of this movement called Greenpeace, all right? That was nothing but indoctrination to get the younger generation onto this shit, all right? So you start making these commercials. You start having these movies and all these little conferences about this shit. So when the shit starts to take hold, there would be very little resistance, right? So I want to say what's up before I really start going in, going in. I want to say what's up to everybody that's in the building, man. Y'all, y'all look beautiful, even though I can see you in my mind's eye. The beautiful spirits here tonight, uh, you know, listening to the show. Everybody that's on the call lines, what's happening with you? Thank you for tuning in tonight. Everybody that's in the chat room, what's happening with you? Everybody tonight in the pile talk, Don Nicolino after party. It's good to see y'all. I'm going to go from the bottom all the way up to the top. You know how we do these things. Sweet Oshun is in the building. What's happening, Solstice? That's the Solstice right there. Sweet Oshun is in the building. Sister Zena, twice as nice, hanging out in the AP. What's good with you, Zena? Nanya Business. What's happening, Nanya? Our traveling nomad sister. Nanya is in the building. Nanya, goddamn business. That's what she say. Miss Hudson is in the building. What's going on with you, Miss Hudson? Hope all is well with you and the children. That's what's happening. I always get this shit wrong. Um, you and they, Sinead, I, I, one time I need you just to put, like, 
you know how they do it um, when you're trying to pronounce a word and you got all the hyphens and, you know, all the shit in there so I can pronounce it right because I, I hate saying people's names wrong because growing up with, you know, a name like mine, they always say it. It always bugged me. I don't like people mispronouncing my fucking name. I take that uh, a little personal. You wanna. You wanna, Shanae? You wanna? Did I say that right? Did I say it? Yes. <laughs> you wanna, Shanae? All right. I'm gonna give myself a hand clap for that one. Straight up. Right on, right on. Okay, thank you. I feel so much better. Ethereum Forever is in the building. What's up with you, Ethereum? The brother Ethereum, Ohio's finest. Essential X is in the building. What's going on with you, Essential? Good to see you tonight. Boss Lady 38, because she's a boss. I'm a boss. That used to be my shit. I'm bossy. I'm the first girl to scream on the track. I was up to 808, brought all the boys to the yard, and I'm the one who tattooed on his arm. I'm bossy. I used to play that shit all the time, man. Shout out to Kalisa Neptunes. <laughs> that used to be my little track, one of them summer tracks, but they come out in like the uh, early to mid-2000s. It's good to see you, though, boss lady in the building, and my girl, Arisha Doll 2020, is in the building. She waits to do it to consume the living. What's up with you, Arish? Arish is in the building. Tonight, what up, Doc? Did I see Doc? I almost missed you, Doc, mechanic, because you got your cam on. You see, you go up to the top. Almost missed you, she Doc. What's happening? <laughs> she Doc is in the building. What's up? What's good with you, Doc? Mechanic is in the building. And the one and only, you already know who she is. She needs no introduction, but I give it to her. I always say the best for last. Don, the Coleon, the baddest bitch in you know, Cologne is in the building. The spiritual master, Donna Coleon. What's happening with you, Don? Great day to you and yours. Good to see you. I still see you, even though I don't physically. I still, I can see every last one of you motherfuckers, really. You know what I'm saying? I can see that. I've been working on my remote viewing, too. You know what I'm saying? I have a, a lot of time on my hands early in the morning, and I do do little practices. I'm telling you, I be, I be on that shit. I'm trying to do full brain activation around this bad boy because I need it. <laughs> you know, I need full brain activations. I need the left and the right hemisphere working as one. I need that shit turned all the way on and all the way up. So get it, get your mind strong, man. Get the brain working like it's supposed to be, man. That's all. I just want, just want to tap into the shit that they, you know, that we actually do have and um, be able to utilize that shit because you're going to need it. We're going to need that. We're going to need the spiritual strengthening. We're going to need the mental strength. We're going to need the intestinal fortitude. Because I'm telling you right now, what they got planned on this planet is not going to be good. All right? There's a lot of motherfucking suffering we about to be seeing in this next motherfucking decade. If you think I'm bullshitting, just understand that I told you this tonight. And I've been saying it for a while. I know how damn politics has been sounding like a doomsday show, but I don't intend for it to be a doomsday show. But the fact is, you got these evil, malignant, you know, you know, motherfuckers who do not seek to wish, who do not want people to, to do well. All right, because they got to get motherfuckers out of here. So we gonna need all this spiritual strength and 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 uh, to be able to battle. Because the principalities of darkness is, is here in full motherfucking strength. And they, I'm telling you now, they're putting their foot on the motherfucking gas. 
okay? We got to be the last ones standing. My nigga Pac told me, nigga, we got to be the last ones left. You got to be the last ones left, okay? My enemies give me reason to be the last motherfucking reason, okay? I can go on. I can, I can give you so many Pac references. <laughs> That's my nigga. That's my nigga. My nigga was, was training soldiers through the music. You know what I'm saying? Because um, you do. You got to be. It's, it's because they, they really do want to create a lot of suffering for them to institute and implement. And so, so like I said, this show is not a doomsday show per se, but it is to always keep us informed and the heads up on what these son of a bitch is doing. So when we do see it, we don't panic. Because there's nothing easier to, to control than a person who is fearful and panicked. If you are fearful and panicked, what, what seems to be someone who knows what they're doing and saying you will easily follow. And that, in essence, is what they, what they really want. If I can scare the shit out of you and I can make you fearful for not only yours but the ones that you love, it's almost like being people being taken held hostage. You know what I'm saying? Like a mental hostage taken. If I can just say that I, I, I'm going to fuck up so much shit, but I actually then give you the solution or give you what it seemed to look like a remedy to this shit that we're actually causing, you, you will do what I say unequivocally. You will do what I say without resistance because that's the goal is to get people to adhere without resistance. You know what I'm saying? I was saying to myself the other day, I said, man, I said, look, man, I, I just stacked up some, some coins, and I'm like, I got one or two choices. I got one or two motherfucking choices to either go live with some with some rednecks right next to the, to the, um, to the, what them people call the militia people, or live in Europe or actually go to the heart of Europe. And the reason why is because, to me, those are the last two groups who will be willing to fight against a tyrannical government. You know what I'm saying? I'll be willing to fight, unafraid, because they know what's happening. And I always say look to Europe because, again, Europe has gone through, um, you know, decades and decades of, um, fascism. They know what it looks like. They know what it smells like. They can sniff that shit out very easily. And so why, that's why you see so much protest going on over there as in comparison to America where they don't do shit but protest when, when they say a nigga's been shot. Or they or, or women stupid enough to think that Roe v. Wade, their right to abortions was taken away. That's the stupid shit that Americans um, protest in the streets for but not against a climate change agenda that is surefied to really enslave people. Okay? Real talk. They don't, they don't see that because they, they've convinced the American population that uh, all this shit, um, all this record heat, so to speak, all this shit is all man-made and that we have to change the way that we live when I say we, I mean everyday folk, not how they live, but how we live, because we are inevitably going to be the ones who go through the, the extreme transformation within society. 
not people who are uber wealthy, not people who are actually really well off, the, the five percenters. I'm going to say five percenters. I mean, if you make a 400 and some thousand and up, you're gonna, for the most part, you'll be able to be all right, for the most part, because you have a lot of um, ability to, to shift and move and tons of options on the table. But for most people, it is not going to be pretty. But they got people on dumb shit, focused on dumb shit right now as they get ready to implement these social programs and these environmental agendas because they could not pass the Green New Deal. They swore, they thought they almost had it because we're coming off of this COVID shit, this global pandemic, and this is what the Build Back Better agenda could be slipped in into Congress through the Green New Deal, which is going to put them back into the Paris Accord Treaty. And, and, and we're going to speak on that again We're going to speak on that again tonight. What is the Paris Accord climate? What is that? Why Trump pulled out? Why the first thing he did when he got back in office was to make sure he signed back onto that because that is the globalist agenda that they have to execute and have every nation on board. And particularly, like I always say, America is the focal point. So he couldn't slip it in. He (laughs) He could not get it in under that build back better that stimulus package. They tried to slip it into the stimulus package. You had a couple of senators who would not go with it, but they found themselves another partner to get it done with. Who do you think that they are now getting this agenda passed, so to speak, through? Who is partnering with them to get this agenda on and popping? What up, Mr. Lowry? My brother, Mr. Lowry, is in the building. Come on in when you're ready. What's up, IB? That I am. IB is in the building. Anybody take a, take a guess on, on what of the population that they've um, gotten to agree to carry their water, right? Because they can't get it through Congress. If you can't do, if you can't get it through the front door, you got to find a way to get it through the back door. Okay. What up, Mr. Lowry? He just dropped me that Paris Accord. Close, close. Um, uh, she dot. That's a part of it. Um, Mr. Lowry just dropped that um, Paris uh, Agreement. The Paris Agreement is a legally binding international treaty on climate change. It was adopted by 196 parties at COP21 in Paris on December 12, 2015 and entered into force on November 4th, 2016, right? So one of the last things Obama made sure that he put in place before he had to check out. What up, Baruji? Just walked in the door. What's going on, Baruji? Have a seat, my brother. His goal is to limit global warming to well below 2, preferably 1.5 degrees Celsius compared to what, compared to pre-industrial levels to achieve this long-term on temperature goal, countries aim to reach global peaking of greenhouse gas emissions as soon as possible to achieve the climate neutral world by mid-century. So mid-century is 2050, right? It says the implementation of the Paris Agreement uh, requires economic and social transformation. Listen, based on the best available science that can be made up. 
The Paris Agreement works on a five-year cycle of increasingly ambitious climate action carried out by countries. By 2020, countries submit their plans to climate action known as a nationally determined contributions. By 2030, zero-carbon solutions could be competitive in sectors representing over 70% of global emissions. That's a fraud. But understand, everything is 2030. Every 2030 is there. They're not bullshitting about 2030. Hear me. They are not bullshitting about 2030 transforming society. And, I mean, damn, and, and I mean, you know, that, that 2030 has been a mark for theirs for a very long time. And we are, we are in the throes, y'all. We are in the middle of the throes. Dr. York said in 2030, the world will be no more as we knew it to be. And that is not, and that is not a lie. That is not a lie. And it is quite obvious. It's getting more obvious by the day. So, reason why I speak on it, Biden just announced that they are all, they are in the works of declaring climate change a national security threat, and they are declaring that climate change is a health hazard, like a health declaration, just like they did with the pandemic, how this was a, a, a global health crisis. Now they're getting ready to do that with climate change. And do you know why they're doing it with climate change? It's because they cannot pass it through Congress. So if they were going to be able to pass it through Congress, they were going to go move forward with it in two ways, in two dimensions, in two dynamic ways. One, through the private sector. One, through the private sector. Look at the – if you look inside, if you look inside of this White House and you look at who's on the head of fucking economic um, council, the, 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 his advisors on the economic front, on the labor front, who looked I, – I, I read y'all off who these people were and who they worked for previously before they came into office as part of his cabinet and people who, who, um, who work in bureaucracy with inside of the State Department. These motherfuckers work for major conglomerates like BlackRock, like Vanguard. Who are these companies? Who is Vanguard? Who is BlackRock? These are companies who manage trillions and trillions of dollars in assets, both private, private and public. But they are leading the way on this ESG shit, this environmental shit, Salesforce, Google, all these technocrats and all these fucking um, big conglomerates, they are the ones who's pushing it because America, unlike other governments, know that they will not be able to get that shit passed. They won't, they won't be able to do it. There's enough resistance within government and, and you know, within uh, the clashing that it's going to be very hard for them to pass. So they had to make sure that they got these corporations on board. That is your public and private partnership, my friends. That is communism. 
right there. That is the straight definition of communism. When the private and the public are as one, that means they are do. That means that the private com- public, uh, private companies do as they are told by government, and then as a result, they are subsidized by the government for any and every project that they want and that they need. There is a reason that BlackRock is buying up damn near all the properties in this country, because I'm saying to you right here, right now, BlackRock will be the entity that serves for the government. Now, when we say, because government can't just nationalize housing. They want to, but they can't, because they do not want to spark any type of uprising in America. They can let the Europeans do it. They can't do it in this country. Why? Because you know why? We got over 380 million guns in this country. I say again, we got over 380 million guns owned by private citizens in this country. You don't have that in Europe. Nowhere near. Nothing close to. So the private companies have to carry the water of the government. So they'll they'll take over housing. This is why they can write articles like 2030, you'll have nothing and be happy. Meaning, you know, home ownership, all that shit. You know what I'm saying? You won't own a fucking thing and you will be happy. But I'm telling you now, it is not what people think. It is full control, full surveillance. Even of your money, you will not be just be able to transact, baby. Government will be controlling this, and I'm going to show you and prove to you how that's going to be. All right? Let me open up the mic of my man, Mr. Lowry, man. Our brother, Mr. Lowry, is in the building. Come on in. <laughs> great day, Nath. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing as best I can around this bitch. <laughs> you, uh, you know, you and me both, man, they got white vans chasing us all over the place, I tell you. Man, <laughs> this I don't is even the listen. topic you bring up. This one is going under man. the radar, radar. And this Super. one is the holy grail here, man. Uh, this is it, baby. Michael Jackson said, "This is it. This is it." This they is getting ready it. to pull, man. I don't think people get. I don't think they really understand. This nigga is about to declare a national emergency on climate, climate change, change. on weather. <laughs> On weather. On weather. Can you believe on weather? The summertime, it get hot. <laughs> the fall is positive. Wait, it cools wait, down. Wait. The wintertime, wait. it get cold. It's the Man, summertime, it July. But you know. <laughs> Stevie Wonder made an album called Hotter Than July. Hotter than July. Right. He damn sure did. He damn sure did. I got to go back since you said that. I got to listen to that. It's something in that album he wanted us to hear, man. Maybe right, one right. line out of eight songs. You something. Uh, you ain't lying. But if you go right. back into the European history, right, and their, and their fake religion yes. that they gave us, and uh, I don't mean to offend anyone who likes the Bible, but now ain't mm-hmm. the time for sweet words, right? Only direct words mm. will do. So all that right. shit they made up coming out of Europe, and prior to that, those pagans up there in the mountains, right, you know, burning shit right. up and living in caves, all of that was based on weather. 
So this climate change is an ancient, old scheme yes. that they've been using as an excuse, you know, to scare the hell out of people since they had the Indians doing them fucking rain dances and shit, right? And uh, <laughs> they, they've been doing it for a long time using weather. And uh, people seem to go for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but these people talking about monopolizing the goddamn damn, they're going to make us pay for the air that all of us breathing. Mm-hmm. They're going to take people's land. Let's be clear what climate change is. That's going to give this international communist cabal mm-hmm. the right to come in and to dictate the terms by which people can use land. Period. Yes. 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 <laughs> and how do you do it's that, a though? Highway robbery. Take, and how do you do it, though, Mr. Larry? You have to do it by taking away the property from the people, meaning, a.k.a. the farmers. What are they it's doing the right abolition now? abolition of private property. Property. Straight up. And they starting with That's the farmers, either. y'all. And they starting with the farmers. Okay. Oh, I got an interesting the, story control, about farms too, go ahead, but go, but go let's ahead. stay right here for a minute. This is right here. This mm-hmm. cockamamie shit that they're about to do. I agree, Neff. This is where the rubber meets the road. Yes. Right. Because yep. if you look at the Paris Accord, man, these people are talking about we want to track how much each human. Admits goddamn carbon. <laughs> right? And I'm going to show you how that was a hoax. I'm going to show you how this carbon footprint bullshit was, was a straight yes. up economic scam. Hoax. Do you know who made up the, the term carbon footprint? Do you know? Please don't go look it up on Google because you probably can Google it. Do you know who made that up? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know who made up carbon footprint? No. British Petroleum Company, BP, mm. they coined the term and made up the phrase carbon footprint. We're going to build on that. We're going to get into that tonight, too, because I got a nice little video for you, for you for y'all on that one, on that fake-ass carbon footprint bullshit. bullshit. Mm-hmm. These people done unilaterally decided upon themselves that they now have full jurisdiction over the whole world, the air and the land. They going for it. They going for it all right now, y'all. This is what I'm saying. They're going for the gusto, as we say. say and Americans, we put ourselves in this position. Keep going for the hooky spoke. You know what I mean? That's why I've been on the, like, let's speak. This is a time for straight words. Because, see, if we speak, and because they, they, they done infiltrated the ass. We, we used to talk esoteric. And if you yeah. knew and you was with it, you could know what it means. But they done infiltrated that shit, too. Right? And, 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 it, and it drags people off uh, to a, a place that they don't need to be in this day and time right now. We need a big Feel a dose of reality because 
if and when that man declares a climate change emergency, oh. that gives the government the full right to lock you down anytime they get ready. A hot summer night, climate change, you can't drive your car today. You cannot drive your car. We're going to wipe out gas. I think they did it in uh, large parts of California. D.C. just passed something that they're supposed to eliminate all usage of natural gas, right, (laughs) by 2025. No natural gas. Can't nobody have a gas stove, I guess. I don't know how that's going to work, but they wiped out natural gas in D.C. These people are going for the juggler, and all of this ends in destitution. Real talk. If you think they're, windmills, they're fucking with the farmers <laughs> to create a food shortage, my people. On top of them burning down all these um, food food um, buildings and manufacturings and shit like that. This and now, so they so you see they they doing it in combination. You burn down the manufacturing companies or the the farms, the whatever you want to call it, all those places where they um, process food and cut up chickens and slaughterhouses and uh, all that shit. Burn those to the ground and then attack the farmers to have them to, to, under the guise of farming organic. Well, if, as much as I love organic farming, you cannot feed a population of hundreds of millions of people and make a transition overnight to organic farming. It's not possible. It's not feasible. So they're telling them to turn it off just like that, and that's going to cause a food a food shortage, and they know that. They know that. And that creates higher costs for food, and they know that. They know that. This is why you got this shit going on in the Netherlands or those at Denmark, whatever one of them countries are. And we already saw what happened in Sri Lanka. I reported on it last week. That's why Sri Lanka went belly up, based on farming, nothing more than farming and getting these people to get rid of fossil fuels, convincing them by bringing over American consultants to tell them to switch over to 100% uh, green, sustainable, bullshit shit, and you cannot, you, that's not how you transition off of anything. If you ever seen a motherfucker who's addicted to heroin and they got, and they was on fucking um, methadone, you don't, because you can't get off of that shit cold turkey. It's a transition, a serious transition, and that takes years and decades. And they know the chaos that they're creating by trying to put it into it right now. They started, let me tell you something. Okay, for the, for the sake of this conversation, let's say that this war with, 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 with Putin and shit, that it's authentic. For the sake of this conversation, that is very authentic. And, and when I mean that, it's because they use Ukraine as, as a, a geopolitical tool, knowing that it, was once a part of Russia, but but has UN forces, NATO forces, inside of Ukraine causing havoc. How do you get European nations to fuck up their energy and their power sources? You have to attack Russia. 
because Russia supplies 70% of all energy through to Europe. This is why this started. And they knew this was going to happen. They knew it. They been knew it. It's all by design. What you got, Mr. Larry? And some of it is hocus pocus. So a portion of it is real, and mm-hmm. a portion of it is hocus pocus, meaning mm-hmm. it's, they're, they're, they're casting an illusion. Like, you notice what they did with C-19. They cast a hell of an illusion that if you walked outside, you were going to die. Mm-hmm. So by the time right, they right. came down with these draconian measures, people were literally walking into it. Right, people were standing six feet apart and all this shit willingly. People willingly lined up and got those vaccines. Right, uh, uh, the masks that they mm-hmm. they just strip them down in most places for now, but people are still willingly wearing the mask. So part of it is real, and part of it is hocus pocus. I um, I had a friend. I went down to a lakefront house uh, for the weekend in Cambridge, Maryland. It's right on Route 50. And it sits on the Chesapeake Bay. It's a, it's a waterfront property. So as okay. I'm driving down there, on that part, you had to come off the main route and go through the back roads. You're talking about farming land right there, Neff, as far as the fucking eye can see. Mm. I have never seen so much corn, greens, and beans growing for a consistent ride in my life. Then, you know, those farms have their own stores there. If you live close to a farm, drive out to it nine times out of ten, they have a store there where you can buy direct from that farmer. Their stuff is running damn near 35% below retail on everything. Um, I like honey. Pure honey is good for those who are concerned about COVID-19. Because you drink honey, mm-hmm. it cleans out your, it's, it's an a antioxidant that cleans out your respiratory system. Man, I was getting masonry jobs of pure, mm-hmm. pure deep brown honey. It's, it's not that light brown stuff you get in the store. This stuff for $5 for a big-ass masonry jar, this shit. I got a whole box full of that shit coming straight from the farms. So what I'm saying is it's plentiful. This is just. The eastern seaboard, we're not even talking about going down into places like Georgia where there's a lot of goddamn farmland in Texas and and going Midwest where there's wheat. This stuff is plentiful, plentiful. I I ain't never seen, man, I say, okay, if something happened, I could pitch a tip right here, just steal me a couple of ears of corn off this man's shit right here, and I'd be Mm -hmm. all right. (laughs) That's how much food. So part of it, having that experience, and I'm looking like, damn, these people are hocus-pocusing us with the intent that we walk right into it. We're going to walk right into it. It's summertime, global warming. We got this emergency climate. Because it's emergency climate, we're going to have to put a moratorium on, let's say, beef. Cow produce too much carbon. Methane. 
too much methane, right? Yeah. Or too much right. methane. They can take it across the right. board because just about everything. Yes, they can. Got nitrogen, carbon, and oxygen. Everything on damn earth got that shit. So you can just oh, name. Is there reason why Bill anything. Gates buying up all the farmland? And people going to walk right into it. Yeah. People going to walk right into it because they don't know what climate change is. We can take all that bullshit that they're saying. <laughs> and just wipe right. it off the table. Think in terms of them coming to take your property, your liberty, if there is such a thing. That's hmm. what it's all about. Remember, we read uh, the Green New Deal on this show. Yes, when, yes, we uh, did. When AOC yes, first did. put it out, maybe a year, year and a half ago. We read the whole thing. Yes. Ain't none of that shit yes, had nothing did. to do with the environment. At all. At all. Nope, nothing at all. So we have it was, to. It was the um, how, it was the it was a blueprint of how they want to transform society. Who who can do what? What had to be taken away? What were the consequences if you didn't adhere? That was the most telling part of the Green New Deal to me. Is putting people in all these registries and shit for people who didn't comply. That that goes into that goes into the part of the Great Reset with social credits and social surveillance and for people who don't adhere. We're going to talk about that a little later on, too, though. But, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That would it be, y'all. That's what it be. But <clears throat> I wanted to um, give you – I wanted to, to give you this because, again, they've been – they knew they was doing this from day one. Soon as they was able to get this dude in office by hook or crook, they already knew what what the agenda was, and they really didn't give a fuck if they needed Congress or not. Because understand this, they had climate executive actions already written out January of 2020. Here, this is for y'all. They had what they were going to do two years ago. So all this political battle shit is all is all theater. They already knew that they were going to take executive action to do it. And it, and, and I'm gonna read you. I'm gonna I'm gonna play this clip, and then we're gonna read it to show you that this was the plan, and they are following it. To a T, to an absolute T. Hold on. What you doing, Adonai? What are you doing? Chill out. N- no. Hold on. Uh, let me go ahead and um say a little something for me while I cue this up, if you don't mind, Mr. Lyra, if you can. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm. I'm looking forward to uh, <clears throat> you know, hearing this mm-hmm. clip here. Mm-hmm. If it, 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 I think that's very important to play the, the the context in which all this stuff you know exists, um, and it's mm-hmm. extremely important that people just you know have this you know up on the radar because see these communists they going for the juggler, you know, um, and they're moving awfully awfully fast, and every time 
for the past two years, they done named so many damn emergencies. Every time they have an emergency, <laughs> you know, what follows the emergency is goddamn a thousand pages of new regulations of how we can and cannot live our life. You know, it's getting to the point now that we're going to have to remove all these motherfuckers from uh, a con. Let's just shut have a Congress Council moratorium. Don't write no what? more goddamn legislations. Don't do shit. Because all of this is going to lead to more and more and more regulation. And pretty soon we're going to have to ask a government permission just to walk down the street. Goddamn, you ain't lying. Again. You ain't lying. Again. And again, I put that shit at the feet of black people because we the main ones talking about slavery, and we the main ones talking about it was unjust for us to have to carry a letter, go to one plantation to another plantation, but we ain't say shit. We stopped and, and watched while they step by step went in a big-ass circle. Now you're going to need a carbon car. Now you're going to need a carbon car. You see what I'm saying? Man. Yeah, all that shit is black football because you keep behind those motherfucking white people and we haven't learned nothing for it yet and we were the only ones who can go with the flow to go with the spirit and the vibe to speak that particular truth because according to their history we was the ones who suffered it so these people out here talking all that stuff they didn't suffer what we had to suffer you see what I'm saying they didn't have to live under the black coat, which was real. They didn't have to live under the whip of Jim Crow, which was real. Yeah. So we were justified by the nature of our experience to pull this whole fucking thing into a new realm of thought. But we didn't. But we didn't. We want moral fucking equality. We wanted white people to say, <laughs> hey, I like you now. We I wanted somebody you. to pat no, us I on our back you. and say, hey, your life matters now. And while they was doing all of that shit, they steadily putting the noose on everybody. And it's, and, 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 and it's really fucking sad. It's really sad because it's turning out to be my grandchildren and their children will never know the opportunities that we had. They're not going to have the opportunity to open up a lemonade stand mm-hmm. and to start a business nope. for themselves. Okay. Oh, that's real talk. <laughs> and that's we so said real. nothing. That's so real. And we nothing. said nothing. And this climate change, this is going to be. They already got us on the health end. They already got us every six months. Some other shit that's coming. Man, they got stuff they making up that we ain't never heard of, right? Part of it is the side mm-hmm. effects. But they can use it to their advantage. They don't care yep. about us. They just care about the issues to give themselves more power. Now, what are we going to mm-hmm. do when they fucking not monopolize the air that we breathe? What are we going to do then? Mm-hmm. Who are we going to blame? Nobody but themselves. All right, let's take a quick listen. On his uh, this climate change shit that he actually announced today in Massachusetts. Let's listen to a little bit of it. Then we're going to dissect it. Okay. Okay. Come on. 
was taking this time. Hold on one second. I probably got too many tabs open. Let me close this. So, yeah, uh, while you're getting that ready, we definitely got to keep an eye on this climate change because it has nothing about the climate change. And I guess what we're going to hear is why they they have some ready-made regulations already that come down. You know, the pipe, they already banned lawnmowers in California. D.C. is on its way to it. Right, you can't get you know you live in them redwoods. You need you need uh, a saw to cut those goddamn trees, right? You can't have oh. a gas operated tree. <laughs> like, you can't have a sprinkler that sprinkles more than a half an inch on your lawn. All of this crazy right. stuff. You can't buy this car unless it has this in it. Uh, and if you do, we're going to tax you you know, a little bit more on top of if you're not vaccinated, there's an unvaccinated text because you may be polluting the carbon. <laughs> right. right. It's just, it's just, man, these people coming for our money. Man, they're going to break the hell out of us with this carbon tax. Oh, man. Yeah. My fucking um, It's going to crush My, competition. Uh, these can you hear me, Mr. Lawrence? Huh? Can you okay? You can hear me. It it just um knocked out my um my damn um what is that called? Like you know, like to get back online, I have to um to be able to play to because my internet went out for some reason for a hot second, and now I got to I it's not hung up, and I can't hang up on its own. Oh, I don't want to have to restart this show. Um, let me see. I don't – let me do something real quick. Keep keep going. Let me see if I can try to get in on another way. Oh, this is bullshit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so, phone. yeah, we we, we, we just want to, you know, keep our eye on it while these mad, people could make a mad dash for uh, monopolizing goddamn oxygen, y'all. And uh, that's a that, – that's a – a very, you know, serious thing. And, you know, for us people who are more entrepreneurial in our thinking, man, they're about to make it damn near difficult to participate in what used to be a free market because the market ain't so free right now with all these regulations. And these bastards trying to monopolize the business forever. You know, I, I, I think those damn rappers taught them a good lesson, you know, when uh, they started doing those mixtapes. There was a time before they came in and stomped on the mixtape market where it was free reign on that mixtape market. So these right, guys right. started making their stuff outside of the majors. That shit put the record business out of business as we know it, right? You know, because they no longer had to go through Warner Brothers anymore because they had this free space. So what right. did the monopolists do? <laughs> they came by. All of a sudden, they want to enforce copyrights. Like Elvis Presley done stole all that shit. And they ain't enforced not any copyright on Elvis Presley, right? Because we know white men can't make rhythm and blues music like that, right? They've been doing it for years. But now they want to enforce copyright. And and all this other stuff, and they came in and put fees and stuff, and they came and re-monopolized the, the music industry. 
they're doing the same thing across the board. You know, they 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 they're wiping out competition. That's what communism does. You know, yes. the the people, the Rockefellers, they're on the the industrial, the third industrial side, and now they're setting mm-hmm. themselves up on the fourth side, hiding behind that banner, communism. Yes. They're one and the yes, same yes. people in cahoots to monopolize and to lock us out. Perpetual serfdom, right? Who wants to live like that now? Nobody wants to live like that. No, not at all. <laughs> I, I just, you just like, so like, our, our job is to really get people to understand what these fools are doing. Let me see if I can open up this mic and see if it's, uh, it works until my other line drops, until it actually opens up. So let's take a listen here and see. Hopefully it works. I will look at it that way. There we go. President Biden taking news. Oh, hold on. What are we, look, what are we listening to? What we're listening to is his um, – he unveils his executive actions on climate change. He, he, he's declaring it an emergency. Wow. This is the declaration. Here we go. Turning to his executive authority after Congress stymied his far more ambitious plans to try to combat global warming. I'll say it again loud and clear. As president, I'll use my executive powers to combat climate, the climate crisis in the absence of congressional action. Standing beneath the blistering sun, the president stopped short of declaring a national climate emergency, for now at least, as he visited a Massachusetts plant that helps connect offshore wind farms to the power grid. The plant... Trust, it's coming. Trust, this is the primer. You know, when you, when you paint in a house, you have to scrape it, right? The scraping of a house is what we're seeing with the soaring price of energy. It's not just gas. It's all energy. So first you scrape it, right? Then you prime it. What he's talking about now is a primer before the declaration, right, where you can lay that top, that, 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 that new paint. You got to prime it first. Outside the town of Somerset, once the largest coal-powered electricity plant in the Northeast, but now makes power cables essential to capturing the wind energy. I've been saying this for three years. I think jobs. Climate change, I think jobs. The president voices <laughs> frustration at Congress without specifically mentioning Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, who effectively torpedoed broader legislation, part of the Build Back Better economic agenda, citing concerns of rising inflation. The White House says today's executive actions would create a wind energy area in the Gulf of Mexico, covering 700,000 acres with potential to power more than 3 million homes and target. We're going to look at how all of the windmills is helping or technically not help places like the Netherlands and Sweden because they are they're, they're countries who got tons of windmills. We got tons of windmills in California, yet we be having rolling blackouts. What's that about? Get $2.3 billion in funding for communities most affected by the scorching heat, including providing cooling centers and air conditioning to low-income Americans. These modest steps are the first of many, officials said, as Biden seeks to take the reins of the climate crisis in hopes of showing the world the U.S. is still serious about meeting its goals. Let me be clear. Climate change is an emergency. 
And in the coming weeks, I'm going to use the power I have as president to turn these words into formal, official government actions through the appropriate proclamations, executive orders, and regulatory powers that the president possesses. So the president there just walking right up to the edge of that national climate emergency. You may ask, what is the difference? Is it simply semantics or is it more? It actually is more. Declaring a formal emergency would open the door to more funding and essentially clear away some of the bureaucratic red tape and allow the... What declaring an emergency means, fuck what he talking about because he bullshit. What it means is that you have other agencies, government agencies, that thou have unprecedented or um, unchecked power. That's what declaration of an emergency does. That means um, entities like the Department of um, DHS, Department of Homeland Security. That means um, agencies like FEMA um, begin to have unchecked powers, all under the guise of uh, an emergency, a national emergency. Right? It's no different than when Katrina, we saw all that stuff happen. They were able to call shots. The, the president, the Congress, has then has no power. It has, they have no power. Now, they try to slow some of this up, y'all, by the Supreme Court, who just had a ruling. This is something that a lot of people ain't talking about either. They just had a ruling to check the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, on how much power they can have. See, when he declares this a national emergency, all those agencies will be able to just do things they would never otherwise be able to do. You got to remember that when they declare shit like this, that means you don't have to go through the regular channels of how this country is set up. You just don't have to because it's an emergency. And when they say it's an emergency, that means they don't have time to go through the democratic process. That means they got to do it right now. They got to do it in a dictatorial, you know what I'm saying, or a kind, you know what I'm saying, an authoritarian way. This is why I was playing this clip. Listen real closely of what uh, John Rockefeller and those people who went on this conservation um, congressional grouping. I want you to listen how he describes how they have to do things. In particular, strong David Rockefeller, Edmund de Rothschild, then Treasury Secretary James Baker, and a gaggle of other oligarchs, bankers, Washington power players, and globalists, ostensibly to talk about the environment. What they actually discussed was altogether more incredible. I suggest, therefore... All right, here it is. Listen up. Or that this be sold not through a democratic process. That would take too long and devour far too much of the funds to educate the cannon fodder, unfortunately, which populates the earth. Did you just listen to that? He said we can't do it through no democratic process. He, he said because it would, it would just take too long, meaning that they don't want to go through the proper channels of Congress. They don't want to do any of that. They want to be have unbridled power. That's what the declarations of emergency does. Listen again. And brought together strong they talk about David people. Rockefeller, Edmund de Rothschild, then Treasury Secretary James Baker, and a gaggle of other oligarchs, bankers, Washington power players, and globalists, ostensibly to talk about the environment. What they actually discussed was altogether more incredible. 
I suggest, therefore, that this be sold not through a democratic process. That would take too long and divide far too much of the funds to educate the cannon fodder, unfortunately, which populates the earth. We have to take almost an elitist program that we can see beyond our What happened? What? My sound just went out. What? I don't know. Um, you there, Mr. La- Man, there. It just did the same fucking thing. Hold on a second. What? Okay, Bob? No, I'm not talking to you. Okay. Hey, Mr. Lowry, are you here? Yeah. Yeah, so, they're fucking with my internet, man. My internet going in and out. You can go. Go ahead. Let me see if I can try to fix this. Yeah, so these people talk about we got to do all this grand shit, but we need to circumvent the entire constitutional legislative authority and just cut all that stuff out. Go straight to emergency. Well, the last time Americans was dumb enough to sit there and watch them do this shit, it didn't end too well, man. It didn't end too well at all. They was telling people they can't go outside. They shut down all the stores. You know, people getting laid off. I remember they put those green. Remember the one-way signs in in, in grocery stores. If you went to a grocery store, you got to go up this one aisle and then come one way back. I mean, they took that emergency all the way to the left, and they're still using that emergency because it's still in place. So here yet is another climate uh, emergency, and man, this is a nightmare. I mean, what do you legislate to say, okay, stop breathing carbon or CO2 or greenhouse gases into the air? I mean, what type of legislation can you possibly get, you know, to legislate that stuff? I mean, these people have gone rabbit crazy. And uh, Joe Biden and that crap ain't making no sense. I can never make out what this guy is trying to get across, right? (laughs) And it's probably on purpose. It's probably on purpose. I'm beginning to think his old act is on purpose. You know, we're not going to give him a pass. No, I'm 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 going to play something for you that shows me he just want to get shit in motion and go have a seat. Meaning that he, I don't think he'll finish out his presidency. I don't think he'll finish this shit out. I think they'll invoke, they might invoke the 25th Amendment. It's, it's, I'm saying it's a 50-50 chance at this point. But I'm, I'm going to play something for you a little later that he said. And they're trying to say it was a flub or he misspoke or he had one of his, you know, you know brain forts or whatever. I don't know. I think he's setting shit up. But I want y'all to listen to him. I said... How this man said, David Rockefeller and them said, we can't do no democratic process. He said, we got it because it takes too much time to teach the cannon fodder that populates the planet. This is how they refer to people. Well, see, that's the same argument that they use to bring those synthetic messenger ribonucleic acid shots onto the market. That was the exact same argument. Yep. The the regular nine ten year period that we've been using, 
to see if this fuck humans up is 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 too long. We need to find a way to shortcut it, and then like magic, they found a way. Right, they found a way. Here we go. And put together strong David Rockefeller, Edmund de Rothschild, then Treasury Secretary James Baker, and a gaggle of other oligarchs, bankers, Washington power players, and globalists, ostensibly to talk about the environment. What they actually discussed was altogether more incredible. I suggest, therefore, that this be sold not through a democratic process that would take too long and devour far too much of the funds to educate the cannon fodder, unfortunately, which populates the earth. We have to take almost an elitist program that we can see beyond our swollen bellies and look to the future in time frames and in results which are not easily understood or which can be, with intellectual honesty, be reduced down to some kind of simplistic definition. So we can't use intellectual honesty to bring down to a simplistic level. That's all That's all cold word for fuck these people. We got to do this by any means necessary. That's what I mean. Translation or paraphrasing. Okay, so again, they knew they was doing this when they when he was elected or selected. They knew this is what they were going to do. Here are the executive orders that they asked this man to do in 2020 when he first walked through the door. Here they are, and he did it. You got to remember, he signed executive orders on day one the most of any president in the history of this country, Joe Biden. And most people did not understand what the fuck he was doing and why it was done. It was all done for what is happening today. Everything that has happened as a, as a subsequent result of what he signed is through executive orders on day one. First one, the halt of cool oil exports. He did that on day one. You understand what I'm saying? Mr. Lowry dropped a, dropped a, um, a link that was showing when they created the Paris Accord, a, clim- a climate agreement. It was in 2015. Right? Trump came in 2016, got rid of that shit. Your boy... <laughs> did this in day one under the legal authorities of a national emergencies act energy conservation act 42 usc after declaring a national climate emergency understand this is what's going to happen down the pike and some of these he already put into into effect after declaring a national climate emergency the president can reinstate the crude oil export ban overturned in 2015. This will cut greenhouse gas emissions up to 165 million metric tons of CO2 equivalent each year, comparable to closing 42 coal plants. The next one, stop oil and gas drilling in the outer continent shelf. He did those on day one. Do it make sense that you cut all this shit but yet you take your ass to Saudi Arabia the other day to ask for production, how much sense do that make? It makes none. 
It makes no sense. He didn't go over there asking people. That was that was all show. That was all show. The Saudis ain't gonna do shit for you anyway. That was all for show, baby. Just bumping and all that bullshit. They all playing in. They all in the game. The Saudis, all that. They all in it together. Stop oil and gas and, and gas drilling in the outer continental shelf. Shelf. The second one, restrict international trade. Restrict international trade and private investment in fossil fuels, y'all. Y'all don't hear me, though. Grow domestic manufacturing for clean energy and transportation to speed the national transition off of fossil fuels. By declaration of a Defense Production Act. Where do we see the, the Defense Production Act happen? We saw it happen during COVID, where they made all these companies start making these fucking respirators that they actually really did not even use or need. Well, they had so many that they were sitting in warehouses and in basements and shit in New York. That was all a test run. COVID was a test run. How they could use emergency uh, declarations, how far they can go, and how many people would adhere and comply, and how do you deal with the descenders, the people who dissent? How do you deal with that? They got something for folks like us who say no. They're working on that. Okay? All that shit was. Because, again, you cannot change a nation. You can't cut off a nation full, full, like cold turkey on transitioning your energy, your energy supply. It's not realistic. It's, it's, I guess it's not possible, man. You know what I'm saying, y'all? So we could go through over that whole thing. It's it's so many. It's so many. It, it, this is a 55-page document. Okay. And why do they why do they say it because of extreme weather? Well, what what have we been looking at in the news? What have they been playing on the news all this past couple of weeks? Extreme heat, extreme weather, extreme heat. As far as I'm concerned, with this fucking fires that they creating in Europe, that could be this arson. Anybody ever think about that shit? Arson. I know it's hot. Even if it's hot, houses don't go into fucking, uh, just go into combustion. Houses just don't start catching on fire and shit. All right, Don, they all liars. That's all you've been seeing on the news all week. Extreme heat, extreme heat, extreme this, extreme that. They going for the jugular, y'all. It's only going to be, I'll, I give it a month before he, he declares a national emergency. Now you say it's straight bullshit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why did I say it? The weather ain't 200 degrees. <laughs> In some parts of Africa or Australia, they lying, Right? As far as I'm concerned, I, I already know for a fact when we have wildfires in California, a lot of them shit just set up. They said it. 
They setting that shit off. They, to me, that's arson that's going on over there in Greece. I mean, that's going on over there in Spain, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Europe is at 105. But but all these houses catching fire and shit in, in highly populated areas, those are set fires. Because England, excuse me, um, don't mean to be um, chewing in your ear, have row houses like they had back east, like in, in Philly, and like we have parts of that like in San Francisco, certain neighborhoods, houses are extremely close together, like they share walls and shit. So when you when you one catches on fire, you can burn down a block just like that. The whole block is gone in, in, in a very little time, depending on how um, strong the fire is. What they got going on? Extreme heat. See, public health harms and fatalities. That's what you heard on the news. Is that not the fatalities? Talking about over a thousand people have died in Italy and Spain and parts of Europe. Hear what I'm saying? This is literally the shit that they're that they're reporting um, that they wrote. In 2020, what the fuck does climate change or extreme heat have to do with exacerbated social and racial injustices? Oh, oh what? <laughs> you see how they this is not... Here we go. We get to the good part. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Keep on reading. Yeah. I'm enjoying this shit right here. Exacerbated <laughs> social, racial, and inequalities because of climate change. Cause you did you hear him say that uh, they got to give niggas uh, uh, air conditioners and shit. Said black Latinos, indigenous Asians, and other communities of color in the United States bear the brunt of climate emergency from multiple and cascade angles. First, communities of color and low wealth families suffer most from a nation dependent on fossil fuels, resulting in environmental racism. Fossil fuels infrastructure, including oil and gas wells, refineries, fossil fuels, power plants and processing, transmission and storage facilities is often concentrated in communities of color and low-wealth communities, causing asthma, cancer, and other serious health harms to residents exposed to hazardous air and water pollution from the facilities. Critically, fossil fuel extraction through the establishment of temporary male housing sites used for fossil fuel construction and oil work. What? Has been extensively linked to increased levels of violence against indigenous women. Did they just say that the men who work on offshore, who who work at um, power plants and fuel plants beat the shit out of the local women? That's what they just said, y'all. Through the temp, they said, due to the establishment of temporary male housing sites used for fossil fuel construction and oil work, has been extensively linked to increased levels of violence against indigenous women, contributing to the missing and murdered indigenous women's girls and two spirit people epidemic. So they just said male workers who work on the fossil fuel industry are kidnapping 
murdering women. What the motherfucker? Why are you not arrested? If that if you know who the killers are, you just you just said in this declaration, you know who responsible for I read again kidnapping murdered indigenous women and girls. So you know who the culprits are. Say so climate change impacts are and will continue to be unevenly and unequitably distributed across the country. Researchers have found that black, Latino, and low-income households are more likely to live in high climate risk areas like heat domes, flood zones, hurricane-prone areas, less likely to have money to harden infrastructure in advance of disasters and resources to evacuate during disasters. Uh, I don't know about you, but last time I looked at Florida all along the coastline, Wealthy people live there. All those condominiums I see uh, in Juniper, Florida, uh, all that shit is right on the water. How here in California, wealthy people live on the coastline. So what the fuck are they talking about? What are they talking about? Seattle Puget Sound that they say will erode and be hit by tsunami. Wealthy people live in Puget Sound, Seattle. Wealthy people, not poor people. What the fuck are they talking about? I didn't know tornadoes and hurricanes and shit only hit poor people's neighborhoods. Did you? I, I, I didn't know that was it has selective destruction paths. <sighs> See what I'm saying, y'all? They full of shit. But let's talk about we can keep going. You got anything <laughs> to add with this? Go ahead, Mr. Mr. Larry. I, I hear you. Come on, come on with yeah, it. They some lies. They lying. Man, that shit you just read, man, that thing started yeah. to the left. Then it went down south. Then that joint, they started from climate change and the weather to disadvantaged black kids and indigenous people to climate emissions. And this is because we have hurricanes and it rains and it get hot in the summertime. Right. Am I understanding that correctly? <laughs> you are uh, you are on point. They want they will they will declare a national emergency act within the next month. Guarantee. <laughs> this is going to the point because they didn't say Miss Becky out there, you know, laying back in the cut where her nice chilled house with the lemonade and the shade trees is affected. They didn't say that. They didn't say the people living down in the hills of Hollywood, man, with those beautiful houses just built into the mountains. I love that about California. Well, well, the houses are in the mountains. Right, That's beautiful homes. 
Yes. Yes, in the mountains. Even here in the Bay Area. Literally. We we in the the mountains mountains. here. Yes. Yes, it's carved into the mountains. Absolutely. And they ain't said nothing about those people. They said this right. is they didn't say they're gonna off the mountainside, right? They're not gonna <laughs> right. It ain't gonna. It ain't gonna erode. Right. No. It only it, yeah, those no. are dangerous places too. Right, right. That's true. Right. No, Beyonce is still buying buying houses the hood. in Beverly Hills. <laughs> right. They still buying houses in Beverly Hills and in, in the Bird Streets and all throughout <sighs> here in these fucking mountains out here in in the California all day every day. You got places in Europe. You got places in Europe that are literal fucking cesspools, right? It's not like it's a walk Mm -hmm. in the park there above those mountains, right? Some of them places still don't have sanitation. They didn't mention that. They said, "Oh, we're trying to help the people in the hood." And on Indian <laughs> reservations. <laughs> well, see, here's the thing. Us excluded. We talking about those buffer ass niggas. Why they not saying this? Keep my name out your mouth. Ain't that what we say? When we Keep in the, the hood and people got this, this drama going on, the first thing we say, look, I don't know what y'all got going on. But I appreciate it if you keep my MFing name out your mouth. We say out that. Motherfucking mouth. We sure do. Quick Why ain't out. none of us saying, look, you're not going to be doing, because, see, the, the end result of all of this shit, and you putting us in the middle of it, and when this mm-hmm. shit turn around on them crazy crackers, guess who they going to point the finger at? Nigga. Mm-hmm. It's y'all fault. But they, but they oh, using we the key phrases. They know they. It's all spells. <laughs> Remember, language <laughs> is spell casting. So they know exactly yes. what trigger words to put in shit. Social yes. and inequality. They know to use those terms. That's all they gotta do. They know niggas will fall for it. Hook, line, and sinker. Well, because see. We we're very neurotic people, uh, not all of us, but they are can be very neurotic people, in that we revel in that shit because they put us in the middle of this booby trap and then used us as a basis for fifty five pages of some shit that absolutely does not make any sense. Just that mm. little bit you read didn't make any sense. Mm. None of it made sense. The only thing people hear, oh, we're doing this for the niggas in the hood and the Indians yeah. on reservations okay, because the climate Indian change won't get killed. caused just, them to kill each saying, other. No, they literally said in that piece that the male workers who work for the fossil fuel industry <sighs> are responsible for missing and murdered indigenous women. If you know who the culprits are, why the, what do you, what? You know Man, who the killers is. The last I checked, climate change was not the number one killer of all them goddamn people dead in Chicago. The number mm. one killer is those military grade weapons that's just somehow moseying its way into our neighborhood. Right. Well, that we don't manufacture. Like I said, they're getting everything in place and primed. Listen 
to the head of the Department of Homeland Security, Mr. Meyer, um, what's his name, Meyer Koss, whatever the fuck his name is. Check it out. See, this is the shit that you will not get. This kind of information you won't get unless you go search for it. This is not a prime time uh, clip. You're not going to get it in rotation. You have to go on the website. You have to go to these governmental websites, and you have to go looking for this information. So they know people are intellectually lazy, so they can tell the truth right in your face and understand and people won't even – they be like, what? Check him out. This is the Department of Homeland Security. This is a, a department that is supposed to be finding criminals, terrorists, and the most evil of the people. They are prepping for climate change. It's a pleasure to speak with all of you today as we explore innovative ways we can adapt to the realities of the climate emergency. As a Secretary of Homeland Security, I am deeply aware of the impacts this issue has on both our national security and our collective global security. At the Department, we must and we will do more to address the climate crisis. Under President Biden's leadership, we will implement a new approach to climate change, adaptation, and resilience, and we will do so with a sense of urgency this problem demands. Further, we know that the negative effects of climate change on people around the world, including vulnerable populations, creates additional migrant and refugee populations. It is vital, then, that we act to reduce emissions and to promote, to promote resilience and adaptation. Both Understand, this is why they got the borders wide open, y'all. Understand that it's all connected. I, I need y'all to really get that, that all this shit is, is not by chance. They got the borders wide open, so when they start to supply the food supply shortage that will hit these countries in South America, all right, because the South American countries and their governments are crooked. So they're going to take the bribes from the globalists that have them switch over their country um, energy sources Quick, fast, and a herpy. This is why we've already, like I said, we've seen what's going on over Sri Lanka. We've seen what's going on. It's starting to happen in Germany. We see what's going on in, the, in, in Denmark and shit. How do you think these crooked-ass southern South American countries are going to be able to handle it? They ain't. And so what's going to happen as their food supply shrivels up? They bring their ass here. They bring the ass up here. They take that long walk up here, which is going to put even more stress on the food supply in America. These motherfuckers, J1, are going for the jugular. You understand? They are really, like I said, trying to accelerate this process. Check them out. As a department and with our partners which is why I am excited to announce a series of new actions today. First, I have launched a Department of Homeland Security Climate Change Action Group, a coordinating body at the highest. How many of y'all knew about the Department of Homeland Security Action Group? How many many of y'all knew that the Department of Homeland Security created that? What is their function? Who do they report to? You understand me? What is their mission? 
I ain't hear none of this on these none of these networks. That you got new subdivisions coming out of these state departments. But okay. A coordinating body at the highest leadership level. The Climate Change Action Group will include every senior leader from across the department and report directly to me in order to drive urgent action to address the climate crisis. What does that mean? Mr. Lowry, what does it mean? What are they going to be doing? What the climate crisis means? No, what is the climate change action group? What are they going to be doing? They're making it up. They haven't established that a crisis exists. I don't see nothing, nothing that suggests that a climate crisis exists. By what measure (laughs) are you establishing the fact that climate – is it the same measure – that uh, fucking Al Gore used when he told us that all the polar bears was going to die because the North Pole was going to melt? Is that the same? Did they use that same uh, systemic formula to determine that we have a problem? We can take this back. Acid rain, is it the same computer model (laughs) during the 80s to say we were going to die if it rained on us? Is it the same model back in the 70s that said the world was going to run out of oil by 2000? Is that the same model? Or was it the Obama model that said that the coast was going to flood the coastal cities and the beach communities was going to be under? Is that the same model? How are they establishing a – so I guess it's a climate crisis because they said it. Is that where we're at with this now? Absolutely, absolutely, and they're gonna and now they're gonna drill it and drive it and drill it and drive it and drill it and drive it daily. Shit that ended up to over fifty to a hundred million people slaughtered over there in Europe with that type of philosophy. Yep, it's a climate crisis yep. because I said so. Because I and said you're going so. to abide by these rules. If not, you're a dissident. And you are, and you need to be. Taken out. I was in my in my first hour. I played a clip where they said they need to jail. They might have to jail climate descenders, people who dissent. Climate jailed. deniers. <laughs> jailed. Do you hear me? Y'all, we and got they four unilaterally declared a climate crisis. Yes. How, we gotta, black we, people, <laughs> it's a scientific fact. We uh, benefit. We want global warming. We benefit from that. I got melanin. Right. We benefit. We grow more vibrant. We don't Ooh. burn. We don't catch skin cancer. I can get dark and beautiful. And then if you got some of that that natural lotion, you know, that that camel and honey lotion, that natural stuff, and it's thick, and it has that fragrance, and you put it on your beautiful black skin, and then go into, man, you don't need no cologne. 
They were like, this nigga smell like paradise. <laughs> and I could smell him all the way coming through his paws. We need the sun. We we going to die in extreme hey, cold weather. But they want to block it. They want to block it. They want to block it. They want to put all this shit in the air. You know what I'm saying? But, hey. We they got liars. two minutes before overtime. Now, because my internet was tripping and the thing has not fall, it hasn't um, hung up. So I'm telling you now, if it hangs up, that's the end of the show. Um, hopefully we can get through this next hour. Most high be willing. Um, we can get through this. Uh, we can get through overtime. Um, I don't know if we're going to be able to get to um, um, Behold the Pale Horse. Because we we got so much to talk about with this shit here, because I ain't even got to the other shit that I got for us yet. Um, but I do want to play this clip by my man um, William Cooper, the um, author of Behold the Pale Horse. I want to play this little clip uh, for us real quick of him speaking about the battle being lost, basically the battle of the mind, the battle for the mind and people being able to hold on to their righteous mind if they ever had one. Their whole purpose throughout history has been to teach a small number of people how to become adept at controlling everyone else. Their goal is to destroy all existing religions, save theirs. All existing governments, save theirs. And shackle the mob in a system of eternal oppressive debt chained to a computer for the rest of their life in a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system. I ain't even finished. But what's the, here's the title. You heard what you said, and make them believe that they are happy. The name of this title of this article, Welcome to 2030. I own nothing, have no privacy, and my life has never been better. That is the name of the article. In Forbes magazine. Welcome to 2030. I own nothing. I have no privacy. And my life has never been better. So they're going to create an illusion that this is the way to live. This is the way that you must live. Through propaganda. Say that shit again one more time for us, Mr. Cooper. Believe that they are happy. You know how you said chain to your fucking computer? oppressive debt chained to a computer for the rest of their life. In a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system. Now, do you think they're succeeding? Haven't I described to you just now exactly what is going on in the world today? Yes, they're succeeding. They're succeeding because the American people don't understand their enemy. They don't even know what's happening. There's a method to their madness. There's really not much method to yours because you're operating from a place of ignorance. And until you change that, you're going to be bumbling around, bumping into each other, saying and doing the wrong things, not understanding the nature of your enemy. And if you don't understand the nature of your enemy and the weapons they use, you cannot fight that enemy. You can't fight the battle. You shouldn't even be on the battlefield. That's why you're losing the war. 
And don't tell me you're not, because I'm in a place of great knowledge about who's winning and who's losing this war. And I can assure you, you're losing the war. This country was founded by dangerous men. Amen. And the moment the people in this country cease to be dangerous men, it's going to be the day we cease to have a country. And I'm going to tell you right now, unless we can be successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment-controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country, and it's going to come. And this is why they want to control conversations on the Internet. So you and I can't have a conversation. So we can't communicate with one another. Because we know the press is full of shit. We know they are 100% government propaganda. 100%. This man said this 25 years ago, of course, but let's over 25 years ago. Those expressed in the establishment-controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country, and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the shearing pens, and from there they will go to the slaughter, and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheeple in front of them. Say that shit, Coop. It'll be too late. This is this is why, like I said, they prop they had to go hard on the on the on us. It was our generation they truly, to me, truly started this shit with. It was our generation. It's the children of the seventies, and they went hard in the nineties, real hard in the nineties. propagated that shit all the way up until now. You got all these young people who who want Well, they had to wipe us out for a different reason. For communism. Go ahead. What you say now? They had to wipe us out for a different reason because uh, I guess you would say the Xers, really. The unknown. Mm -hmm. That's what X is. The unknown generation. We were the children of that goddamn 60s and 70s revolution. So yes. our generation naturally will bring in a counter to that. So uh, a revolution has two sides. It has the revolution mm. itself and then the counter. That's why when you look at the French Revolution, the Soviet Union, it was a lot of death after these people took power because they had to put down the counter-revolution. Mm. Right? Because, see, the counter-revolution said we did all this shit. And nothing y'all promised us came true. In fact, the shit lie, y'all doing is worse than you what lie. we flipped over. You so lie. we were the generation who can see through it. So now, mm-hmm. to the day, this censorship mm-hmm. is pointed towards our asses. Because we are the bridge. We yep. are the bridge. We saw this shit before. Right. We saw you standing with nuclear war and Russia was going to right. bomb us any Middle minute East. now. 
Remember yeah, those little Middle black East bomb East. shelters signs people had on their houses? That motherfucker mm-hmm. said, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. When that bitch, you like, boop, and you hear that shit, you go run <laughs> through the TV, wait. And then that motherfucker said it was just a test. He was like, damn, all right, we made it another day. So we saw all of this shit before. So they got to silence us. They got to. Definitely. Because they got the younger generation. They they got them so doped up, sexually confused, identity Gender confusion. They got them all. They they got the young. They got this younger generation. Children that was born in the nineties. They got the. They got them little motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. so Bill was saying the same point I raised earlier mm-hmm. that some of the stuff they hitting us with is hocus pocus. And yeah. if we bite the if we bite the hocus pocus. Right? Then we're going to walk right into it. So the TV is the fucking Judas goat. Oh, absolutely. Your sellout ass black Democrat council member who throw oh. you a picnic once every four years to vote and give you oh. a free T-shirt. I know the because right. I do it and all the time, right? <laughs> a picnic <laughs> and a free goddamn T-shirt. You know, he's the Judas goat. That's the oh. goat. Yeah. Yeah, put the, put the rappers in there, too, because they've been bought and paid oh, yeah. for a long time ago. That's your Judas right. goat. Any day now, I hear Beyonce is going to drop a four horsemen and shit, right? She's just going to really outdo herself this time. That's she your Judas the white goat. Horse. Is she on the, and she's on the red horse. Yes. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Yeah. So a they lot do. of it is hocus pocus, but if you like the hocus pocus, you're going to line up. You're going to line up. How can somebody yep. in fucking Switzerland in, 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 in on an island that's cold as a motherfucker up there in the Nordic? It's cold oh. up there. How yes. can an old white man up there tell us what the fuck we going to do? In goddamn Man. Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> I don't because I mean, he he got all the corporations because he got he, he, he got, got all the power TV. players. He got. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people don't watch him on TV. They don't watch Klaus. They don't. They don't listen right. to Klaus. They got the corporations. The corporations then tell the government what to do. And those are the ones who are on your TV. Then they fit. Well, then, then your government get with the entertainers, like you said. Bring Cardi B. Bring Lil Baby to the White House. Bring Matthew yeah. McConaughey. Bring whoever the fuck. Then they filter yeah, the message. we are the key. Just say we had a, a goddamn wand and we can make anything happen. So we warned these motherfuckers, and all of a sudden, black people just stand to the side and say, that climate change shit is racist against us. Now they have a conundrum there. That's a hell of a conundrum. Yeah. If black people say, look, that shit y'all doing is racist, how are they going to handle that? They couldn't. They couldn't. They it really, it really would do. It really would derail their whole plan. And that's it why I said that's why I'd be so mad at niggas 
that's why I be so angry with niggas because it's like they got niggas like so caught up in all the shit that means absolutely nothing. It's this shit right here. It's this shit. You got these niggas on online who talking about relationships every fucking day. <laughs> every right. fucking day. That, that's the new mind control when it comes to niggas. Uh, I, I, they, they, they don't, I don't hear them talking about their situation that's going on in right. this world and in this country. They want to talk right. about bitch be submissive and feminine. This is what they're talking about. This is the conversation mm. of niggas right now on on the mat from from the masses perspective of niggas. Mm-hmm. Or they got them involved in LGBTQ shit that has nothing to do with us. Or Roe v. Wade that has nothing to do with us, even though they want to say that it does. It affects black people the most. No, it don't. No, it don't. No, it don't. Well, let's finish listening to the Department of Homeland Security lionaires. Who else they got? Address the climate crisis. The scale of the emergency is only growing. This body will refocus and elevate our efforts. Secretary, the department published an important and ambitious request for information from the American people, focusing specifically on how the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, as it is commonly known, can ensure that its programs advance equity for all and increase resilience, especially among who are disproportionately at risk from climate change. Boy, did y'all hear that? Did you hear what he didn't say? Did you catch what he was throwing? He told you who going to round up niggas and Mexicans and everybody else. He just told you who going to do that. FEMA's going to do it. FEMA is going to round up the wild, wild niggas who run the street, rip and run when we declare emergencies. You know, the same niggas who were in the streets a summer ago, tearing shit up, lighting shit on fire. They're going to deploy FEMA for your asses. I don't, I don't know if y'all caught that. Let's listen again. Especially among those who are disproportionate to all and increase resilience, especially among those management agencies, oh. FEMA, as it focusing specifically on how the federal emergency management are disproportionately at risk from climate change. Damn, you fucked my stuff up. What, what was that about? Man, it really messed with my um, internet. Everything else. Information from the American people. <clears throat> people focusing specifically on how the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, as it is commonly known, can ensure that its programs advance equity for all and increase resilience, especially among those who are disproportionately at risk from climate change impacts. The public information we receive will help FEMA time-honored mission of helping people before, during, and after disasters under modern conditions. In the... 
coming years, we will reorient FEMA so that it achieves its longstanding goal of building a culture of preparedness in the context of Man, it really messed with my stuff. But you peep that? They said we will reorient, reorient FEMA. Mr. Lowry, what do they mean by reoriented? Uh, Reoriented meaning they're going to restructure it to point it towards a different end. They're going to give it a different orientation. Meaning right. all of these uh, emergencies the that they're calling, they're going to start weaponizing uh, FEMA really towards the denial. Wow. That's where it's going to head. That's where it's going That's to what it is. Mm-hmm. To change the focus or direction of. Mm-hmm. They're telling you right in your face. We're getting ready to switch up how we even use FEMA. <laughs> uh, right in face of helping people before, during, and after disasters under modern conditions. In the coming years, we will reorient FEMA so that it achieves its long-standing goal of building a culture of preparedness in the context of novel risks, above all those produced by climate change. Novel risk. So you know what that means. We heard, have we not heard the word novel for the last two years? Novel virus. Not, now it's a novel crisis induced by climate change. What could that possibly be? <laughs> what happened? Novel. What happened? What happened to I'm, I'm, That's the question I'm asking Like what happened To produce this novel Thing called weather Right. <laughs> I meant climate change Novel So what's going to happen As a result of this climate change That's, that, that's mm-hmm. What we got to figure out Is they about to turn on the heart machine On the thousand Like what they about to do they're going to, to link it to the, They're going to link it to the health emergency. They're going to link so that means, them together. Oh, uh, so so when so these diseases that they can continuously be releasing is going to be caused by climate change. Is that what we're saying? No, if you're not in compliance with a, a growing litany of health requirements. You now become uh, in contradiction. Climate change decrease. One is going to work with other. That's that. That's mm. how um, they're going to come and demonize a whole, a good 150 million Americans. Oh, it is. So they're going to link to okay. so a violation of one. Puts you in a violation of the other. Of another, right? Right, got you. I see what you're saying. So, so now we got <clears throat> monkeypox is a health thing, but because it's <laughs> right. airborne, it mixes with the CO2. It gets in the air and forms <laughs> CO2 bubble, and the fucking shit lands over top 
of South Central Street in South Central L.A. and it's affecting <laughs> black people. Right. <laughs> uh, caused by climate change. Let's, let's finish hearing what he said. Finally, we are finding new opportunities across the department to promote environmental sustainability. For example, DHS, our department, is leading the way in the adoption of electric vehicles with the goal of electrifying 50% of our fleet by 2030. I have said before that the Department of Homeland Security is the Department of Partnership. In tackling the enormous challenges presented by climate change, our partnerships will be the key to success. For too many years, too little has been done. Now is the time. So the Department of Homeland Security is leading the way? Is that what he just said? The Department of Homeland Security is a department of partnership, and enough has not been done. So they want to make sure that they have a a law enforcement arm of That's climate change. That's you're federalizing Ooh. your local police force. Ooh. That's what you're doing. That's the partnership. That's what you this call goddamn every movie The SS. I forgot what they called them in Russia, but those motherfuckers. That's what that is. Oh, they called them uh, Gestapo. Oh, the Gestapo was Russian and SS or whatever that was. Brown yes. shirts. I think it was the brown shirts. Was brown in, shirts in, in, in Germany. Germany. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what that is. In, in... Time for action. Wow. I welcome time the for, Oh, this nigga said now is the time for action. Hold on. Too little huh. has been done. Now is the time for action. I welcome this panel's ideas for how we can support each other and work together to reduce emissions, to create jobs, to help the most vulnerable among us, and to ensure that our nation and the world are prepared to build stronger and more resilient communities. Thank you. Boy, boy, boy. Boy, boy, boy. <laughs> It's something. Yeah. something. Well, just understand, there's, there's pillars. There's pillars to these things. We've gone over uh, what climate change, how they wanted to use climate change as a cover for the Great Reset. They started it with COVID. Well, it, I don't want to say it started with COVID. It it kicked into gear, yeah, like high cool. gear with COVID, yeah, yeah. right? So this is the next layer. So remember that there are pillars to what they want to accomplish through the Great Reset. So let's have class real quick, and let's go over the pillars. We talked about them last year, I believe, Mr. Lau, we, we, we built on it, starting with surveillance. That's, mm. that's the top. It starts with surveillance. How do you get ultimate surveillance? Well, we already know. It's the mark of the beast. It's the RFD chip, RFID, whatever the fuck that shit's called. Um, It's that. It starts with that. That brings on mass surveillance to be able to track not only packages but people. 
right? We knew that they, we know it's a goal of theirs. This is how they implement, you know, they came with this path. They they really tried really hard to get it through uh, when COVID hit. We heard Bill Gates talk about Microsoft um, by using it for terms of uh, medical, all right? Some countries used it. Matter of fact, I believe Italy. Italy instituted this shit already. Italy is going full board. Italy and Spain and them are like going full board with it. They they're they're moving quickly with the implementation of this shit. People couldn't go to work in in, in Italy if they didn't have the electronic right. ID that the the I the whatever it is. They couldn't go to work. They couldn't get on trains and shit. Okay. So that's number one. Right? How do you do that? If you, you if you do that, you know exactly what every single citizen is doing. What are they looking up online? Who are they congregating with online? What are they saying online? And here's another thing I got for y'all real quick. Another shit that ain't being talked about. Remember, we, we spoke about his minister ministry of truth that he tried to to uh, stuff in one of them packages uh, uh, earlier this year. Well, it got paused, right? Remember that was called the disinformation board or some shit, right? I believe that's what it was called. Well, well, here you go. New article just popped up. The, the Biden administration's latest online speech plan it's an Orwellian, is as or uh, as Orwellian as the last. It said a new effort by the Biden administration is underway to resurrect the spirit of the department, um, DBG, whatever it's called, and um, and split it right through the front door. On June 16th, about less than a month ago, the Biden administration released a memorandum on the White House task force to address. Now they just call it online harassment and abuse. And guess how they slipping that in, y'all? This is why every this is why none of the shit they bring up is by chance. Guess how they about to slip this shit in? By the alphabet gang. Okay? This is how they are going to bring in online surveillance and control of online speech, protecting LGBTQ individuals. It literally says this. It said, one worrisome item shows that some of us are more equal than others. It's called the Development Programs and Policies to Address Disinformation Campaigns Targeting Women and LGBTQI plus individuals and political figures government and civil leaders, activists, and journalists. This item leverages the um, sultry concern for women and gender nonconforming persons to immunize certain public and uh, political figures, but not ordinarily persons from criticism. Criticisms of thee, but not me. So that means you can't go at people who are creating these ridiculous-ass fucking policies. You cannot, you can't go at them in a public forum. 
that means you your your criticism, your critique will be banned. Okay? This is a Trojan horse. This is the Trojan horse. Calling it a, a task force of online uh harassment and abuse. It's just is is this wolves in sheep clothing. All right? Another pillar that they're going to bring by this shit with climate change is finance. You want to change that, too. you got to understand that. I want to play this clip real quick about the fake carbon footprint. I remember Mr. Lowry um, brought that up a minute ago, I mean earlier in the show. Well, I want to play a little clip to see how that came about and how it's a fucking scam. Introducing outside. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. That you are the most dangerous thing on earth. Well, what companies are doing to reduce their own. People are always talking about reducing their carbon footprint. We get sold offsets when we fly and love buying from net zero companies and get guilt trips into planting trees or taking fewer trips if we put out too much carbon. Even Prince Charles has said he doesn't like using his helicopter anymore, saying it's not a good look when it comes to carbon. But what if this was all a lie? What if this carbon mania was created by the world's most powerful companies to help them make a lot more money? Well, unfortunately, when it comes to carbon, these what ifs are more truth than fiction. In reality, this carbon footprint thing is mostly total And of course, like everything else I talk about on this channel, it was mostly created out of the desire to make a lot more money. So to tell a story, I'm gonna take you on a dirty journey around the world, starting with the phrase carbon footprint. So how was this phrase created? (laughs) You might be thinking that it's an environmental group that came up with it, or maybe a group of hippies, someone that really cared about the planet, someone that is so passionate about our environment. Well, actually, no. (laughs) And I guarantee you would never guess who actually came up with this phrase. carbon footprint was created by these guys, British Petroleum, otherwise known as BP, the same BP that's the fifth largest producer of oil and gas products on the planet, and the very same company responsible for creating this, the second largest oil spill in history. BP created the term carbon footprint in 2004 as part of a massive global advertising campaign, which they spent millions of dollars on to educate the public about their new fancy term, and also to make sure we know how much we're individually doing to damage our planet. Now you might be thinking, hmm, why is an oil company trying to get people to think about carbon when it is the oil companies that are responsible for creating a product that is putting out the carbon into the atmosphere? Well, there's a very good reason for that, and it's because BP didn't want to take the fall for it. In the early 2000s, oil companies could see the writing on the wall. The environmental movement was growing, and more pressure was being put on organizations to do the right thing for our planet. And considering oil companies are responsible for producing the product most responsible for damaging the earth, they knew they'd be the biggest target for people's anger. So in a genius move of PR and marketing, BP decided to strike first. After creating the term carbon footprint, they were the first in the world to create a calculator that individuals could use to figure out their own carbon output. After that, they... And see, as they get ready to uh, throw in this um, this fucking um, emergency, this climate emergency, is going to give them the cover to, to, to when they switch shit over to say who can use what, how much of it you can use based on the carbon footprint that you produce. I played last week, it's actually one Mr. Lowry, we talking about 
play the one where he talk about getting rid of people. He says it in that equation, how much carbon each individual emits. That is nothing more but a way to transform society to say who can have what, how much of it they can have, and how much of it they can use. That's control, baby. That's full-on control. Case in point, I already told you, surveillance, all that shit, this is all going to be under the guise of your carbon footprint. Social credit scores is your carbon footprint. How much energy is your family using? Italy already starting, like I said, Italy already got the RFD chips in in cars, whatever they're using. Here's another thing Italy did that happened earlier this year. Check them out. This September, the Italian city of Bologna is piloting a social credit system, the first of its kind in Europe. The municipal government is introducing a smart citizen wallet, rewarding digital points for citizens who demonstrate virtuous behavior. Disturbingly, actions related to one's carbon footprint are central to what's considered rewardable virtuous behavior. You see that? Based on their carbon footprint, it will reward them. Let me turn this shit up. Oh, Lord. Hold on one second. <laughs> For citizens who demonstrate virtuous behavior, disturbingly, actions related to full government is introducing a smart citizen wallet, rewarding digital points for citizens who demonstrate virtuous behavior. Disturbingly, actions related to one's carbon footprint are central to what's considered rewardable virtuous behavior. Because use is still voluntary, this social credit system isn't yet as all-encompassing as the one that exists in China. Rather than penalizing citizens for not behaving virtuously, as defined by the government, citizens will only be rewarded. The government hopes that this distinction, treating the social credit score more like a reward card, will increase the adoption among Italian citizens. While usage remains voluntary, it is definitely a slippery slope. Overall, the success, failure, and rate of acceptance of Bologna's soft social credit system could have profound consequences for the rest of Italy and maybe look back on as the moment Europe began crossing the Rubicon. Our power is our resistance. So Italy already launched it basically launched it this summer, Mr. Lowry, their social credit system based on on COVID and now climate change. So you can see where this shit is going. It's It's just getting even more and more evident by the day. What you got? Shit's wild. I'm going to read that article to y'all in a minute, the 2030 article. That was some crazy shit that you just played now. (laughs) (laughs) That white man crazy. They already doing it. Italy jumped it off. They the first European country to go full on. 
ID, green passes, if they bring that here, and a social, we're looking social credit at an system. immediate collapse. We're looking, we're looking at a, a bloody immediate collapse. If he cut the spigot off here anymore, it's already at the limit now. I, I, I don't know how much more at the limit that it can go. You know, whereas now, the, I mean, the the housing, boy, oh, my God, that's a nightmare mm-hmm. right now. I mean, I got a, I have two problems. I have to really consider, you know, cashing out in order to maximize it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, who say hold on. Yeah, but that hold on could be 30 motherfucking years down the line. Right? So, I hear you. I hear you. you I understand. So you right. definitely got to, you know, uh, try to get it at its peak. But uh, we can't take much more, man. And humans throw motherfuckers, right? Uh, I think, Don, say we got to get mm-hmm. more diabolical in our thinking. We mm-hmm. need to get more diabolical fast, right? All this, we are mm-hmm. the world, we are the children. <laughs> Stop listening to that goddamn song. <laughs> <laughs> All of this collective utopia of a black nation yes. inside of a nation, get that right. shit out your blood because, see, when they cut the spigot off, it's Imano, Imano. Those of us who came through the cracker, we saw that shit. When that money flooded from 83 to maybe 85, then they came back and cut the spigot Mm. off going into the 90s, it was Mm. blood on the floor. People get hungry. They will kill their own mother. Hey, it's already happening. DoorDash DoorDash people have been getting robbed and and shot. Food. You know what I'm saying? This is food because they don't carry money. Savages. Right. We can be right. savages. Right. So, uh, but they got us fighting the wrong battle, I believe. Our battle is more of psychological because we, like, not we, mm-hmm. they, as a fucking whole, right. is psychologically screwed. Psychologically screwed. Like, mm-hmm. uh, a, a moment of some serious fucking introspection that's what's needed what's inside of me that I keep going for this hooky spook you see what I'm saying what's inside of me that I just have this dying need for a species of humans who are going extinct to say they like me that I will risk, you know, my family and my children, anything, just to be with that crowd. Give me a Black Lives Matter sign because, you know, the white man is there, and he recognizes me now. So there has to be a mental sickness there. If if, if people go rob a bank, you know, they say, we're looking for the people to go rob the bank. I'm not going to let nobody put my name in that shit. If I wasn't there at the bank robbery, who the fuck doing 20 years and I wasn't even there? Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with the bank robbery. But they said, yeah, Clifford, he 
he may have something to do with that. Hell, I did. <laughs> Shit, that's 20 years, y'all. I'm not doing 20 years. I wasn't even there. It makes no sense. But isn't that what we're doing every day? Where we are sitting here just watching this show, and they're just throwing us all in the middle of stuff, right? And uh, mm-hmm. psychologically, we just keep, you know, accepting it. That's a deep, that's a deep-rooted fucking mental sickness that has to be resolved. See, if you free the mind, that ass is going to follow. And as a whole, and as American as a whole, I just ain't going to put this on. I think black people have a special assignment. I do believe that with my heart. I mean, I mean it is said that Adam was the caretaker of the planet. Okay. So I can go ahead and, and take the leap and say that Adamites are the prote- protectors of the planet. We are assigned to rule this planet, Adamites, and rule over it. That was the assignment. And motherfuckers have forgotten the assignment. Well, they hit us with, you know, we 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 drank we drank the motherfucker Jim Jones and shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we drank Jim Jones. Uh, Americans in uh, general. With Americans right, right. is, is, is mm-hmm. suffering from some fucking psychological issues. And it's probably years and years of media programming, right? Yeah. Because, see, some of this garbage is coming out because Trump was going, you know, he was bare-knuckling it with his brother, right? It was a goddamn cat, Phils uh-huh. and, Hatfields and McCoy, a family feud going on up top. So he pulling the cover off right. this shit. And the more we look at it, like, God damn, they up at Lookout Mountain over there, Hollywood Hills, mm. just making shit up. Here, right. we went to the moon. Here we go. The same mm. people who told us they've been to the moon is the same people coming back and say, oh, we don't have the technology to go to the moon. Which the fuck one is it? You went to the moon with an aluminum foil spaceship? We don't have no technology. Um, right. Thin aluminum foil, some thin gold aluminum foil. Oh shit! You know, and just look at all the stuff they've been hitting us with. And so it's a psychological motherfucker. What society in his right mind, in the name of tolerance, would sit there and watch the government of their nation actively promote turning your fucking children out? What same literacy would allow some shit like that? I told you they they got the they got the millennial children. They they did it. They did. Now I'm about to mess you up. Now I'm always coming across a book, right? Okay, I came across a book, and in this book, it was talking about how uh, the usage of drugs go all the way back, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they, they was trying to figure out a way to control the same shit that's happening now. How can we control these niggas to do what we want them to do, right? Mm-hmm. And drugs is one of the ways they, they, they looked at it. 
And oh, what I found in that was goddamn marijuana. I mean, they yes. knew. We, we, we. Mm-hmm. Huh? They go knew ahead, ahead. that when you're under marijuana, you become highly uh, suggestible. So yeah, you, you become. Open. It, it opens. You, you open. You it opens open. Up. The subconscious and all kind of shit, right? You know what I'm saying? Because yes. it has the ability to relax the body, to put the body in an alpha state. Okay? And so when you are in an alpha state, this is where you can absorb all kinds of shit, inf- information, whatever, but, you, but you're open. You're wide open. Yes. Go ahead. And they knew it. That's a hell of a psychological drug. Like to the average person, I'm getting a buzz and I'm laughing. Mm -hmm. But to the man, and this is back in the 20s, 1920s. So the man who's sitting there experimenting with this for a specific question, looking Mm -hmm. for a specific result, he's using it for a completely different reason than what's apparent. So I'm smoking weed, not even going no. Then I turn on the TV. Oh, right. <laughs> then I come right. back and tell you it's a COVID-19 emergency. You line up and go take the shot. Mm-hmm. Now all this shit coming out. My was like, I don't know why I took the shot. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's something in that psychic. There's something no, in that psychic. Sure. Like, that's why they're trying to put those social workers in our communities so they can seal the mm. game before we figure that shit out. Mm. It's psychological. That's what Bill Cooper just said. That's what he said right. in that tape you played. If you can wind that back, let's let's play that mm-hmm. motherfucker. Let's, let's play that. Yeah, that's my, that's my dog. Let's play, let's play that again. It's, it's psychological. Yes. Here we go. Let's let it roll. Here we go. Their whole purpose throughout history has been to teach a small number of people how to become adept at controlling everyone else. Their goal is to destroy all existing religions, save theirs. All existing governments, save theirs. And shackle the mob in a system of eternal oppressive debt chained to a computer for the rest of their life in a propagandized world to make them believe that they are happy in this system. Now, do you think they're succeeding? Haven't I described to you just now exactly what is going on in the world today? Yes, they're succeeding. They're succeeding because the American people don't understand their enemy. They don't even know what's happening. There's a method to their madness. There's really not much method to yours because you're operating from a place of ignorance. And until you change that, you're going to be bumbling around, bumping into each other, saying and doing the wrong things, not understanding the nature of your enemy. And if you don't understand the nature of your enemy and the weapons they use, you cannot fight that enemy. You can't fight the battle. You shouldn't even be on the battlefield. That's why you're losing the war. And don't tell me you're not, 
because I'm in a place of great knowledge about who's winning and who's losing this war. And I can assure you, you're losing the war. This country was founded by dangerous men. Amen. And the moment the people in this country cease to be dangerous men, it's going to be the day we cease to have a country. And I'm going to tell you right now, unless we can be successful in creating a real free press where the American people get different viewpoints other than those expressed in the establishment-controlled media, there's going to be a civil war in this country, and it's going to come soon. The only thing that can stop it is by waking up vast amounts of sleeping people. Sheeple is what they are. They are following the Judas goat right into the shearing pens, and from there they will go to the slaughter, and they will not know that anything is wrong until they smell the blood of the sheeple in front of them. There it is. He said they won't stay. they won't figure it out until they smell the blood of the ones in front of them. Like it is, oh my God, what have we done? Oh my God, what have we allowed to happen? Oh my God, <laughs> that's what it is. Now, can I say something before you get out of here? Great day, y'all. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Great day. What's happening, What's up, Mr. Larry? All right, all right. You over there, Bruce, you need to put that battery in my back. <laughs> Say what? I said, you over there. Um, I, I, I like the comments. What you got for us, Don? I just want to say, fault the goddamn crocker in the one that's talking. Because when they were doing all this atrocities to goddamn niggas, they weren't saying nothing. Until that same motherfucking Caucasian race, they so proud that they white, is doing them worse than what the fuck they have done niggas. All of a sudden, everybody need to fucking wake the fuck up. They were asleep the whole time. The shit that was done to us. They don't even yeah. bat an eye on all the shit they still doing to us. But when your own people turn on your fucking ass, now you want everybody to wake the fuck up. The same <laughs> devils that was the same ones when we were yelling. The goddamn settlers came and robbed and pillaged and plummaged our village and stole and raped and killed our own people for the goddamn land. <laughs> Crackers is like you're racist. You're wrong. Even niggas was like that, some Negroes and shit. But that shit is amazing when now they're being forced to get inoculated. Their land is, or their shit they think they own is being snatched away from them. Their own daughters is being raped by their own kind. They're being killed in every fucking thing and poisoned and experimented the fuck on by their own kind. And now we, everybody's a fucking sheep. We was the first and only sheep. We the only motherfuckers who had looked like wolves. But you said mm. nothing. You did nothing. Nothing about it. <laughs> nothing, it motherfucker. So fuck that whole cracker right. ass motherfucking race. <laughs> fuck you. Oh. Now that your own is the thief. 
Your own is the killer, the murderer, the liar, the rapist, the castrator, all the the fucking oppressor, the suppressor, motherfucker. Fuck them. <laughs> so fuck what day, yesterday or the day before. Fuck him, fuck his bitch, fuck his dog, fuck <laughs> his carbon fucking footprint, fuck his fucking property, fuck his land, because ain't none of this shit there any fucking way. Fuck him. Fuck his car. Fuck his outcry. But- fuck him. But God, niggas are throwing in that too. That's not the right thing. Fuck them too. <laughs> it's, it's it's not a white man thing. It's 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 a it's everybody thing. Man, everybody, my motherfucking ass. That just like if every last one of you motherfuckers watch me get a beat down from a hundred motherfuckers, and then a million motherfuckers give every last one of you a beat down, I'm watching it. Uh-huh. I'm saying fuck you, okay? Fuck you, fuck you. You went there when a hundred motherfuckers jumped me. I'm not going to be there for you when a million motherfuckers jump every last one of you motherfuckers. Where were you? But then the, but That's the but point. What about the Where million? Were you? Where were the fuck but they about- at? Even when they goddamn government was yelling, we got to get niggas out of their mouths inoculated. Not one time I don't watch any bitch you, any of them motherfuckers, Alex Jones and all the rest. Not one time they even raised a motherfucking eyebrow saying, why are they so concerned about inoculating black people first? Not one fucking time. Black people beware. Don't fall for that shit. No, they sit the fuck down. They don't say shit. Fuck them motherfuckers. Fuck them. I'm sorry. God damn it. I'm a goddamn cold-hearted bitch. Motherfucker, but, fuck them. I'm going to give them a say, fuck. But them same motherfuckers go turn up. All that fucking, hold on now. Hold on now. All that hoopling and hollering, all them books, all of a sudden they want to yell some George Orwell today and all the rest of this whole ass <laughs> shit. You wasn't yelling that shit when you was living comfortably. When you was eating fucking good and not the, fr- the crumbs that fall from the master table, them niggas, they, none of them was yelling none of that shit. All of a sudden, now they want to fucking bring back some 1800 goddamn book and shit. Fuck you. Fuck you. You was living good. You was living fucking good. They shut your ass down. Your ass ain't on YouTube. You ain't on CNN. Now your ass on bitch you. Now you fucking complaining. But we've been kicked out of our own motherfucking world, which is the planet Earth, and you didn't do a goddamn thing. Fuck you. Fuck you. They poison our foods in the 50s and 60s in our neighborhoods. Put dog food on the shelf with no dog on it and had us eating it. Now the cracker yelling they poisoning the food. They want us on this. They trying to kill us. They poison the motherfucking environment and shit. Nigga, our environment been poisoned. Our air been poisoned where the majority of goddamn niggas live at, where they pushed us out. Fuck you. 
fuck, fuck it is, fuck, fuck it is, fuck, 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 fuck you. Well, only part about it, majority of everybody in the same boat. Come on, goddamn thing, and then after all this, you steal <laughs> our motherfucking music. That same cracker running in my mouth, stole my motherfucking music, stole my music, stole my kidney, stole my mind, stole every fucking thing, and this bastard is wake up, sheeples. Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I would say I would say this. <laughs> I would say I'm giving Bill Cooper a pass because he's been saying it for a long, long time—thirty, forty years. And he only but one man. But uh, that was a good one. That was that. That, that was a beautiful take there. <laughs> that was a beautiful take. Right, dog. But that shit is here. That shit is here. So, at 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 this point, you know what it reminds me of though. It reminds me of when 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 I heard Doctor York say, "They're looking for you. They're waiting on you. These 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 folks is waiting on you to wake up, Nubian, Nubian people. They're waiting on you because they need you to actually survive."
would mind fuck them and put them in a spell of fucking sleep. That's mm. all this shit is about. Niggas been walking around zombie the fuck five since these son of a bitches came to Hitler, okay? And drunk right. alcohol us up and all that type of shit. We've been under a fuck. We've been in a goddamn days and still in one. And now the white man is yelling. He really yelling. His folks need to wake the fuck up. We were doing the right. wake the fuck up shit, and the government did a goddamn COINTELPRO sent informants to kill every nigga that was striving to unify and electrify his people. Fuck him. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and fuck you. And fuck you. <laughs> right. That's, that's a fact. That, that is a fact. That is a fact. But too bad in this day and time. It's few and far between niggas who telling niggas that they need to it's wake the fuck up. It's still motherfucking living, and this son of a bitch been doing this shit for 40 years. He's a goddamn implant. No, he's been dead they for a long time. He's been, he, he been dead. He he, oh, he's been, he been dead for but, over 20 years. Right. They murdered him, so though. They, they, they murdered him. Okay, good. Goddammit. <laughs> he ain't a fucking threat. <laughs> fuck him. Fuck his dead ass and turn the motherfucking self suicide on his monkey ass. But when they no, did they it to shot Bob him dead. Miley, no, they they, they shot him. They shot Miley, him dead on his When court. they did it to Bob Marley, nobody fucking said nothing. <laughs> when they assassinated his ass, fuck him. They just never would imagine they own people do this shit. Fuck you. Right. Fuck you. And now good they, thing your they ass don't have a soul because you can't come back. <laughs> yeah, Fuck they, them motherfuckers they, they, they just sit there and watch all these atrocities With the government assassinating all fucking leaders and shit And this bastard get one too That's what the fuck happens Your own people yeah. gonna turn the gun on you motherfucker Every goddamn <laughs> time You piece of shit Give a hey, fuck That's what my That's what my young nigga Pac said He told it in 92 He told Everybody toes warning. He said, what do you think they're going to do with them guns? Once they finish turning it on the Middle East, they turn it inward on the people, citizens of the country, black, white alike. And that's the truth. But they did. They, uh, they shot old boy uh, dead in his, uh, on his porch. ATF bum rushed him and took him out. But, yes, Don is, is, is correct. The chickens have come home to roost. Yeah, man, like they don't understand that everybody (laughs) is a fucking threat to these son of a bitches. But niggas, no, niggas, no, niggas, no, just white people. (laughs) White people been crying for a long time now. Yeah, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, Yes, They, they, they know it's here. Is that their doorstep? Is that their doorstep now? That's what a lot of them is like. That good thing here. about so it. The, the good thing about it, they don't even see it. <laughs> Just like our people right. can't see it, motherfucker. It's coming for everybody. It's yeah, the good thing right. they got them psyched right. fucked up. Good. That is good. true. That's Going by dogs and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Got them all fucking distracted. 
They do. Oh, that shit is good. Oh. Good, goddamn it, good. Oh. <laughs> no, I just need I just need niggas. I just need niggas to wake the fuck up. Because like I said, we we the ones who can throw the monkey wrench in the game and stop all this shit. And I mean every newborn on this planet, not just niggas in America. Niggas in Africa. Niggas in the on on in the in the middle of the oceans. It's the niggas in Australia. It's the niggas all over the planet. That's the ones who we truly need to wake the fuck up. Three. I agree, but it takes some serious psychic powers though, um, for each nigga to have because yeah. you can know something and still be goddamn under mind control. You can still well, be that's true. you you Correct. trusting. Seriously. I know all about it. Yeah, you can say some powerful shit and still goddamn mm-hmm. bend over and get fucked by a cracker. Cause every, like a man said, every man has his price. Mm-hmm. Every man has his price. It mm-hmm. ain't about mm-hmm. niggas waking up. It's about niggas having fucking morals so they won't bend the fuck over and sell their yeah. people out again. Well, then those you think you're talking about the few niggas, not the many. Because it's only a few who have the power to sell out their people, not That's the many. That's a damn lie. Every nigga, you turn to your left, you see that nigga? That nigga sell your ass out. <laughs> you never heard it. You never heard the fucking That's goddamn. You never shit, heard yeah, this right. saying? Day. 
heard something that homeboy said a long time ago, not on a damn class on YouTube. That motherfucker said, stay out the way. Let them crackers Basically. kill each other. Stay out the motherfucking way, because now it's their turn. We get to sit and watch these motherfuckers complain, cry, do goddamn three hours documentaries about their own fucking kind, <laughs> fucking them. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Come on now. Yeah, right. So, but homeboy, we gonna quote Doctor York in this conversation. We just gonna say that nigga said, mm-hmm. "Stay out of the fucking way." That's all y'all got to do is stay out of the way. Yes. So when you see a whole bunch of crackers, goddamn it, goddamn, then gather to gather together, dearly beloved, you just sit there and watch that shit. Stay out the motherfucking way. He ain't lying about a civil right. war because I said that shit. And remember, the civil war ain't mm-hmm. nothing but they own brothers, son-in-law, yes. granddaddies, uncles, oh, that's true. sons, yeah. husbands, that's true. step-husbands, yeah. all of that shit oh, killing yeah. these goddamn But that's true. That you just got to make sure you don't have niggas who get in, in the middle of that, like Buffalo soldiers. I just don't said stay out the way. If niggas get in the fucking yeah. way, that's they dumb yeah. ass. Mm-hmm. But, no, I, and I it do, wasn't I, just I, the I Buffalo soldiers. They uh, sold out to their own motherfuckers and, and, and went and killed niggas. Niggas was minding their yeah. fucking yeah, business yeah, on and both this sides. goddamn nigga showed up. Yeah, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. what's the point of the, that's the purpose of the military. You know what I mean? The niggas, dumbass niggas doing it in the fucking military. Mm-hmm. That's the same shit. Oh, yeah. White men say jump. They they say hi, hi, motherfucker. They program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's always been like that. We ain't concerned about them niggas. Correct. Well, I ain't because I, ain't, yeah. I know that all them niggas, past, present, and future, that's born today is sons of Canaan. Now I'm done. <laughs> they ain't number sons of Canaan. Canaan had a son named Ham. He was black as fuck, and he went fucking around and spread his goddamn germ cells everywhere, too. Anybody in the bed with the white men want to do everything for this son of a bitch, want to work for him, suck on his dick, kill for the motherfucker, ain't nothing but a goddamn Hamite. Oh. Right. Marrying them motherfuckers, all that shit. Who gives a fuck? They gone anyway. Mm-hmm. They the ones yeah, that run around yelling that damn that climate was. control and global warming because they, they dog, but they ain't got no goddamn supreme melanin. Correct. <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. Because they show ain't talking about how it's being used as a, a leverage for control. The only thing they're talking about is the planet and, and, and the sun and the ozone layer and... I can't breathe. We ain't got nothing to do with that. Shit. <laughs> like Don said, I can't breathe and shit like that. That's not so, us because it ain't because it ain't none of that. We showing how it's a tool for manipulation and subjugation, and that's what niggas ain't talking about at all. They still talking about, like I say, relationships and stupid shit. Roe v. Wade and shit. I can't get an abortion. Shut up, bitch. Yes, you shut up. What right. are they talking about? Come on to Washington, D.C. You know, boomers, the business is booming. You can get one. You'll be all right. Right. 
that's what they ain't talking about. So I, I agree with that. Well, we are 10 past the hour, 10 tenths on the dots. Right, for real, Nanya. Oh, she said these niggas try to be the next Kevin Sam. Oh, to never gave these niggas the platform. That's all you see. But anyway. Right. So and I that's have, nothing but a bunch of damn nonsense, if you ask me. Right. So I don't even, like, hardly go on Facebook no more. I don't, get, I don't, I don't even check in to see the stupid shit. I check on that motherfucker for, like, 10 minutes, 15, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and get the fuck off. I'm like, this motherfucker's stupid. <laughs> like, and they they so emotionally invested in it too. It's disgusting. It's just it's just it's disgusting. But I know it's a hustle though. That's a new hustle these days. So, you know. the black woman so who, be, who, who better who better to hustle than your than your own people? Who, who better than the hustle these niggas <laughs> hustle they own on that bullshit? That's well, man, anything. I mean, anything to, to occupy your mind, so that 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 motherfucking consciousness that's in that melanin in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Anything hey, to prevent that. Hey, Neff, um, your boy yeah. posed with Grant Cardone and shit. You surveil, right? I saw all that shit. I seen it. Looking like a straight hole. Let me tell you, what, he's sitting down and um, the one where he's sitting down and um. Grant Cardone over this motherfucker. So I said, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I said, uh, so this is your, um, this is the white woman that's the boss over you. Because he did a post <laughs> that said, ain't no woman the boss over me, right? And so right. I, no, I, I, I that yeah, shit. I so, yeah, I said to that nigga, so this the white bitch that's the boss over you, honey, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> right. Mm. Oh, shit. See, yeah, that yeah, nigga had no problem with like that. a fucking slave, happy to be in the house. You want to see right. a nigga smile? That nigga all cheese. Mm-hmm. And that you paid to be there. He paid. I know and he, he paid did. thousands of dollars to, to be next to that man. Thousands. And, and um, end up for in a plane ride in his jet too. So all of a sudden, yeah. nigga, uh, get some motherfucker to film him and shit. All this other goddamn right. shit. I'm like, man, y'all see this? That that's that yeah. shit. Meanwhile, you you goddamn shit and piss on black women, but you goddamn pain to this goddamn mm-hmm. white boy. Uh, and play and and, and and to getting to to do what he do, he played upwards of two, twenty grand to do that. That's upwards of twenty grand to ride with, with you with to ride with uh <laughs> Grant. That right? So, yeah. That right? Yeah. Like I said, every man had their price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But won't give a bitch a penny. But you're going to get it goddamn wow, cracker. Yeah. You, yeah, yo, that's that's my point. That's my right. 